Welcome to the 100th episode, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100 fucking episodes. Well, I hope you enjoy this shit today. <coughs> and you're listening to Adam RMD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. You guys got nothing to do for the next three hours, huh? Well, welcome to the 100th episode. A year in review as I look back at it. 100 episodes. <laughs> and I'm fucking recording this in a McDonald's in the Bronx. <laughs> They're looking at me like I'm crazy. Don't really care. Well... The show kind of starts off with a woman that is a friend of mine. Her name is Janine Belden. And she's also a PTSD specialist like uh, C2, who will join us. Thank you. Have a great day. She's going to join us uh, at the beginning of the show. And C2 will join us after, uh, you know, his chronological time shows up. Which is episode uh, 32, season 2, Don't Squeeze the Shaman, where he gets his own solo show. And it's a good show, man. I'm going to re-edit it and fucking put it back out or whatever. The virus has wiped our sense of time out. (laughs) That's why I started this thing. But, you know, not all the episodes have been dark. We've had some fun. We've had a couple jokes, you know? A couple ha-has. Shed a couple fucking tears. I'm leaving the fucking Bronx today. And I'm heading to a mortuary. (laughs) In an undisclosed location. Where I will finish the last eight episodes. But I fucking started this thing, you know. I say it twice on here, but... This is eight episodes away from being finished. And coming into that hundred... Hundredth episode, technically. It's fucking windy out here. (laughs) Yeah. There's no sense of time anymore. The virus kind of ruined that all for us. Anyway, we're going to take a look at four seasons, a hundred episodes, kind of walk through them all. God, I got to blow my nose. Jesus Christ, I'm going to have the farmer blowing. (laughs) Oh, man. So get fucking baked. And sit back for the longest episode that I've recorded up to date. 
coming in at it. I'm hoping it's gonna be over three hours by the time I get fucking done with it. I'm gonna fucking Joe Rogan your ass. Thanks for all the support. Fucking hit 3,000 listeners. That's pretty fucking cool for me. I am not a fucking social media fucking genius by any stretch of the imagination, but let's take a year in review. I'll throw a couple clips in there. Smoke up and fucking enjoy, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, welcome to the show, Janine. Thank you. Uh, so it's your fault that this Adam Air MD GED underground cartoon therapy got started. Absolutely. It's all my fault. Uh, <laughs> you did encourage me to do something outside of what wasn't necessarily working. I remember this. Mm. And you put me up in your undisclosed location somewhere in Delaware, uh, Wilmington, Delaware, uh, where uh, I began this whole thing. That's right. Um, What were some of the symptoms uh, I was undergoing at that time? You were bouncing off the walls. It was a pandemic. The world was, the sky was falling. And everybody in the world was on Google or the Internet. And so I just tried to divert your attention here. Go look and see what's happening. There wasn't, normalcy was gone. Try something new. Go see. What's kind of scary. And right when that, it was like two weeks in, I guess, after I'd gotten to your place. Which was comfortable, and thank you for taking care of me. My pleasure. Um, I wanted to uh, go ahead and make this clip show, and I've been saving you for the very 100th episode. I figured if I made it to the 100th episode, which I'm pre-recording before the final eight episodes, guys, so when you hear this, maybe some things might have happened. (laughs) Or not happened. Or not happened. (laughs) You know C2 Janine, that's correct? Yes, I've met him. And uh, her. and she. I met her, sorry. (laughs) It's okay, it's okay. Uh, She, uh, and your opinion on C2 is pretty good. Yes, I think C2 is incredibly intelligent and knowledgeable sorry um i was very impressed when i spoke with him yes and uh you know she's uh she's uh recovering from a mountain accident still that she happened but that happened to her uh not that long ago i didn't know if you were aware of that or not oh no i didn't know that 70 feet off the side of a mountain (laughs) in seven in zero degree weather oh god Um, you know, C2 has a history we don't go into, but definitely one of the things C2 has acquired is, uh, the kind of knack, uh, to work and to administrate, um, uh, help 
that is not mental health association related. This show has never been uh, uh, associated with the mental health association. This is also a community service that I came up with. So I do not get paid for these things. I do collect two cents an episode, but I will never collect it off the Anchor podcast. And it is simply there to remind me how many people have tuned in. Uh, We hit 3,000 listeners. Wow. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Um, You know, the last five episodes I've done has been in New New York. You know, before that I was in Seattle and then I was with you in, uh, in Wellington, Delaware. And I was, you know, in a few different places along the West Coast and East Coast and uh, definitely have uh, been around to talk to people. I always thought, you know, before we even get into the clip show and while I'm talking to you, I always thought half the calls that I really had um, were not calls that I had permission to record. So I ended up missing these, like what I felt were really important episodes that never really came into play, you know? Um, Cause that's when the truth really comes out, right? Is when it's like, you're not on, you know, when people get on and they realize they're on the air, the mood kind of changes. They double think themselves. They mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I want to say that, but then they think it. And by that time, the, the thought's gone. Oh, yeah, you know, and uh, I've had probably about 50 guests on over the last year, so almost half the shows that I've done have been guests. The other half have been shows of uh, stories or belief or some kind of uh, shit like that. But I'm going to go back and start through uh, or, uh, episodes 1 through 10. And uh, once again, Janine, thank you for being on the show. Is there anything uh, that you would uh, like to add to this before uh, I brutally cut you off? No. It's just welcome, everybody, and enjoy. Go wild. Thank you, Janine. Thank you for everything. And thank you for finally being on the show. And thank you for starting this whole fucking mess. My fault. <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> I think this song is appropriate. It's definitely not the same story as what was going on with HR, who was in jail when he recorded this song. But there was the metaphor, man, of feeling like I was in jail. You know, this virus fucked us all over. My feeling of fucking being like, I needed to make a call to the outside, dude. By the time I developed the show, you know, I felt like, this is my true partner. Hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. By the time Janine Belden had gotten me kick-started on doing the fucking show, the first person I wanted to call with was my buddy Byron, you know. And Byron Obando, we... <laughs> We'll always be friends on some level, you know, but he lost faith in me and what I was doing, man. Thought I was taking on too much and it was driving me nuts. Really, he was just judging me again. (laughs) Hey, man, you're going to have friends that do that shit, you know, and 
It can fucking hurt your ass, man. You know? <clears throat> but I did get the first episode. If you like Pina Coronas. <laughs> Alright, he was out of there. And then I got Phoenix Roebuck on the next show and I was trying to fly straight. And I'm going to introduce her here after this uh, little segment. And it's nice. I'm not going to talk about it. You'll hear it. But when I had her on, the episodes we did were uh, Rise of the Phoenix, which I was into this empowerment kind of feeling I wanted to share. I think the virus had this kind of weird... And I think that was the, you know, talk pretty much. It was, it's a good episode, man. It's the second episode. But I did want to do like, I didn't want to do like this always serious shit, you know? But right now I was trying to do this kind of like, hey, we're in the virus and not everything's a joke, you know? But eventually I did have to bring back some fucking humor here and there. Balance it out, man. She also did 123 Avenue B with me, man, in the second season, which is the Sesame Street episode. And just go listen to these guys. They're pretty fucking great, dude. And um, times and dates are stamped on there, you know, whatever. You can listen to it. Communication. Mm. Today's episode is brought to you by LaCouche Cake. Gold. Alright. I love bad brains. So badass, dude. Alright, let's get Phoenix out here, okay? Alright. I got Phoenix Roebuck from uh, the second episode. And uh, welcome back to the show, all these, uh, you know, 90 episodes fucking later. <laughs> Thanks. Happy to be back. Well, we want to get you back on, too, and I want you to meet C2 and shit, you know, and uh, I like keeping this, like, you know, little team thing going on, you know, not that anybody's working for me, I just saying that, you know, it's just like, I just like getting good voices on there and... You guys, that was one of the things I was saying way back when, was you can, you can talk about things that I don't necessarily think about, you know? And that was kind of what started the guest thing. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Um, things you did, conversations you're not going to go to on your own. Yeah. And I was mentally distressed, and I remember we were button heads, and I, you know, I already have said on the show it was because I was going through a lot of mental illness and that I don't condone it and you know on that end Phoenix I'm sorry that you know about that you know and it helped me realize I uh there are some people I don't mind getting mad at you were one of the people I minded getting mad and you didn't deserve it you know and it made me realize kind of at that time that there's differences you know between who should be getting lashed at, you know, and, and you know, maybe you shouldn't lash at anyone, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But 
if you're going to, make sure it's the right fucking people, right? So. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to say that here on the 100th episode because it's been a learning process. And, you know, I don't want to condone that kind of shit, even if I'm, like, you know, suffering with it. So it's definitely been right. easier to go in time and establish it and open up and my mom you know miss maggie was telling me you know hey and i'm gonna have her on here in a, in a little bit but you know that i have loosened up the shows don't coming out don't come out as much but you know like you could tell i've been like you know growing in it or whatever you want to fucking call it <laughs> yeah like i mean if if you're not trying to work on growing and on learning and learning what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah and i just with virus and i've been stressed out for fucking years already you know and the virus is kind of was like ding, you know put me in this position where i'm gonna you know i'm gonna make this podcast you know and uh yeah. That's where it ended up at. Sesame Street was definitely one of the uh, episodes that I wanted to get into the real deal. And I, you know, I had done Hellas for Children. And I think by the time I got to 123 Avenue B, that was the second time I cried on an episode. (laughs) You know, and I knew that that was some hardcore yeah, I really did. Was mi- really missing Mr. Hooper at that time. <laughs> I think there was right. that kind of like, we all want this. We're just like vulnerable little kid, and need that, you know, protective uh, kind of image in our head. That Mr. Hooper was kind of that protective guy who just you know, kind of watched out for shit. You know, if Scorsese would have wrote him he would have been pretty brutal (laughs) right (laughs) but you know do you have anything you wanted to talk about that uh i wanted to ask you you know like what what you were going through or like what you were feeling or what you remember at that time when we were recording i mean gosh it's it's really been like a full year since then and while I can remember thoughts and moments of it, like it also feels like a really distant time ago and also just seconds ago. Yeah. There's, there's so much that's unclear and there's so much that's also just changed that I just like, I literally don't think the same way as I did a year ago. You know, no one Um, does. No one does. No. And I, you know, again, it comes back to change is inevitable. For people who say, even if they make no effort to be different, if they say that they're the same as they were when you saw them or talked to them a year ago, it's just simply not true. Scientifically speaking. (laughs) Liar! (laughs) It's totally true, dude. (laughs) But, but, no, I, um, I don't, like, I've thought about the, those episodes, and I'm actually, like, uncomfortable at the idea of going back and listening to them because I'm like, oh, what are you going to sound like, Phoenix? 
You know you sound good. I just heard them. It's just, it's all my fault. You know, it's, if anything, it's that fucking uh, technical sound shit. But your voice, everybody that, I, you know what, whether I've had it falling out with them or not, everybody that I've had on the show, I've been pretty stoked about their voice. You know, I, I think that, you know, I've done really good, you know, fishing for good voices. <laughs> and, and intelligent people with good voices at that, so... You know whether they, I think whether I agreed with them or not. You know everybody's been up, up on their p's and q's. Made well, the show interesting. I appreciate that, and it's weird because that's been a recurring compliment. That's never really been one before lately. It's people telling me they like my voice, um, so thank you for that. But actually, what I meant by what I what I sound like is like how I talk, the conversation I was engaging in, though the perspectives that I offer. Right. Who, who do I... What you're saying, like yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, is it going to be super cringy? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, Phoenix, shut I don't know, you know, because there's all those things. But, uh, you know, you just also have to look back and be like, well, I was growing then. <laughs> and on that one end, you know? we're, we're our own worst critic, you know, too. You Absolutely. Know? So there's Absolutely. that part. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you from a friend perspective, you sound great. And, uh, and the topic is still very, you can hear the, I had more un, unyielded angst uh, with situations I was dealing with at that time. Yeah. That I hadn't, you know, tried to deal with and really haven't in, uh, in a lot of ways that would be, you know, recommendable. But, you know, I'm trying to, um, I have, you know, I'm trying just to get the, lose the fear of, uh, getting help, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. just trying to develop that, you know, um, kind of, uh, backing, you know, that I need to, you know, support system behind me when I do go get the help because I'll be going yeah. through so many revealings and right now I'm mm -hmm. putting that team together for myself and uh it's been nice i didn't think it was something you you know it really reads like a comic book the way i've been doing it <laughs> one day i will do a comic book about it you know and it'll be pretty hopefully you know yeah. a, a, that would be a really powerful comic book too is because it's teaching people a journey of like how to help and heal themselves and that's and, all i've been trying to do with this show you know phoenix that was the whole thing yeah. that's why i wanted to do a more serious show when I, by yeah. the time we did this second episode here, but then, you know, I was like, no, it's cool to be, get loose, man. So by episode 11, I started loosening up finally, I think, and uh, was able, you know, it just takes a while, man. You know, I just knew it. It was like, well, I've never done this shit. <laughs> and everything that I do yeah. up to date, I haven't done, but it gets more extreme or more... Uh, complex and just more structured too I, I've noticed you know I've gotten a lot of compliments I don't know if you heard uh this episode I did called the shadow nose it's really right mm -hmm. brand new with Chris Flash by the time this yeah. episode's come out you know that will be nine episodes ago so don't think you're in the Mandela effect y'all it's just <laughs> super pre-recorded <laughs> <laughs> and otherwise uh Phoenix thank you for coming on the show and taking like, you know, some, you know, this time, uh, and just, I'd like to have you back on and with new perspectives as we both have been growing and 
both For have sure. come into more peaceful resolves with our own identities and things like that and you know and i know i have on my end and uh i definitely would love to have you back on for real you're a good friend and and once again you know for all the turmoil mentally you know from my my behalf and people that can uh relate to me out there you know you blow up and jump like that on people you love like i did on phoenix and uh you know yeah it's okay to apologize and hopefully they'll be able to accept it like Phoenix has here with me. And thank you for coming and, and being here, you know? Yeah, man. And uh, I would love to do another episode with you and, and hear about your, your growth and your journey. Dude. You, what you found and what you're still finding and figuring out because that's really just what we all need to be doing right you know and just sharing our our journey and experiences is how we can sometimes help plant the next seed or maybe teach someone a tool to build to put in their toolkit along the way <laughs> well after that episode with phoenix i knew it was on i needed something though i didn't necessarily know what to do you know so i fucking called my mom <laughs> Miss Maggie, Magneto, Grandma Gutterpunk, and my mom fucking saved the show, man. And uh, she's been an entertainer and a bouncer. She's done all kinds of shit, a biker. <laughs> she just had so much shit to say already. And she's so likable, man. And I really just fucking dug it. Oh, oh, oh my god. Today's episode is brought to you by uh, Seven Stars Usable Marijuana. I'm gonna keep bringing them forward, too, man. All kinds of shit. Now I'm at the mortuary in the undisclosed location, finishing out the 100th episode. It's a long way to, to the top if you want to rock and roll. And that was only on episode number three. Alright, let me get my fucking mom out here, man. Now, hey, mom, how you doing out there? I'm alright. I got a good gutter snippet to start everybody off with today. The first, first piece of wisdom from the day is when you camp out in the Arizona Sonora as you're traveling back and forth across the country, always make sure to shake out your boots and your bedroll for scorpions and rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard that in a while. You know that? Hmm. It's stuff like that we got to pass down to these youngsters because they're not getting it from nowhere else. That's true, Mom. And, you know, thank you for being a part of it. And being here on the hundredth episode, can you believe I did a fucking hundred episodes? Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking back at the start of them yesterday, and I was going, I could see how you've grown. Oh, thanks. That's all this kind of episode's been about too. Is about the growth between you know then and now. Well, it's helping your PTSD, and I'm sure it's helping some of the rest of them out there as well. I hope it is, you know, and I heard a couple people give me some good reviews on their health and uh, 
things like that. And I just wanted to take the time to to see how you're doing and uh, and to make sure um, you're okay out there. You've been all right? I've been hanging in there. My sister Cindy got her stimulus, so she sent me a care package over from Walmart this morning with some food for Mo Squawk and some puppy pads and a case of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up some Dr. Pepper today, actually, as a rare treat. Well, foot is a big Dr. Pepper drink. I like them occasionally as a treat, but I prefer Sierra Mist or Sprite. Do you remember when I called you to get you on the show? With C2? No, before that, when uh, on the very first episode last year. Oh, <laughs> there was so much insanity going on at that time. I was wondering like, if, wait, if you wanted to give us a reflection of how you were feeling at that point, you know? Well, since then, I've lost Rachel. Leilani's gallivanting around the country with a band and left me stuck with her broke-down car in my front yard. <laughs> I'm using it as a storage pod. I mean, why not? <coughs> yeah, <coughs> she's out there running around, huh? Yeah. <coughs> Got her a little band together, and she's out there busking. <coughs> Chip off the old butt. Yeah, she's a lot like you, huh? Mm-hmm. Did you ditch a few cars in people's yards when you were younger? Did I ever? I walked <laughs> away from a diamond, all kinds of motorcycles. You would not believe some of the stuff I've just walked away from, disappeared, and started over somewhere else. It was just how it goes with me and you, huh? It wasn't worth the bullshit in a couple of cases. My life, if I'd have stayed, and I figure I prefer breathing, so I uh, just quietly made my escape. <laughs> yeah, I guess we both have that in common, huh? Yep, I was talking to Mo about that earlier. I said, I don't know what it is, Mo, but we've been shot at, we've had cops searching for us with flashlights through abandoned buildings, we've hopped freight trains. <laughs> we've lived in squats I says you and me Mo we're just a couple of shit magnets we attract trouble and you know just that's why you adopted me huh cause you knew I was too and uh, now I'm a shit magnet doing a <laughs> podcast huh <laughs> shit magnet uh, you're, podcast <laughs> you're not a total shit magnet now. I think that's reserved for me and little Susie and she has gotten worse, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real sad thing. I'm watching that family go through a lot right now. Yeah. And helping Chandra as much as I can with the kids. And what, she just, Chandra just came up there from uh, from uh, Mississippi or whatever? She's been staying at her dad's helping him because George left her and left them stranded with no vehicle or nothing. Oh. But, but she's going to move out to her land this summer with the kids. She bought her an RV, and she's going to set that up. Okay. And they're going to go live out there. All right. Eventually, her dad's going to have to go in the nursing home. Jimmy's ready to go in the home, too. Because he's dying of liver cancer. That's sad. 
and Susie's refusing to deal with it. She's uptown holed up at Nancy's with her and motorcycle boy. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but that's other people's children. <laughs> I hear that. You ain't going to do nothing like that. Foot ain't going to do nothing like that. Leilani ain't going to do nothing like that. Rachel didn't do nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ones that have been around me don't act like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mom, thank you for being on the show and being a part of this. And uh, thank you for just helping me really get things fucking kick-started and having faith that I can get kick-ass shows because as soon as I had you on there, I I knew that I was on to something and it was cool. That was cool. Well, I tell you what, I done re-dyed my hair purple. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I'm fixing to hawk it for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on the 100th episode, Mama. But the way I hawk my hair, I hawk it different. I can part it down the middle and let it drop and look like a hoopie, or I can spike it up and Liberty points it out. Yeah, you doing Liberty spikes? I've done it a couple times, and my hair's long enough. It makes some pretty impressive ones. That's cool. I don't have to use extensions. Stay in charged. (laughs) Spiked and charged, huh, Mom? Oh, yeah. And I got me a couple of little Catholic schoolgirl type mini skirts, and my support hose were decorating them up because I got thigh high support hose and long leather boots. Hey, get out there, and you're gonna get back out there and play some music. Oh yeah, I'm I'm stoked about that. You let me know when thanks. you do. No thanks to our great mayor uh, Latoya Contrails. Contrails. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading her slime all over the city. She wanted us to uh, get licenses to perform live music shows. Oh, wow. Outdoors. Now, nobody's worked since last March. Where are we supposed to get the money to pay for these licenses? Good question, huh? Uh, Yeah, exactly. And that was a question I posed on the Internet that nobody has managed to answer yet. Oh, hey, can, uh, before I uh, let you go, because i got to get on to the next segment already, but I just wanted to ask you, did they ever demo that building downtown with those guys that got trapped in there? Yeah, finally. They, they did. Okay, God. I was going by and praying every time I went past there for their souls. Oh, man. Jeez Louise, dude. That's awful, man. That's inexcusable that it would take them a year to get them guys out of there. A year to get two guys out of a building. Yep, and they're sitting there playing sports and all this other junk. They remained sat there and went through hurricanes and everything else. That's awful, man. That is a shame. I hope that's why I want to be cremated because I don't want nobody to be able to disrespect my remains like that. I want to be all cremated too. But which has to be careful with her remains, man. I want to be cremated and cast into the water. I want to go into the river and into Lake Travis. I feel it. Half and half, with maybe a little pinch out here and there for people that might want one. But, uh, hey, at least I ain't going to have them do me like my first husband had everybody do him. 
He wanted us to find an old hoe that would run part of his ashes through her douche bag. And he said it had to be the scroungiest old hoe in the neighborhood. <laughs> and then we took some of his ashes and stirred them into the barbecue sauce and the potato salad so he could give everybody one last ration of you know what. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Or when people <laughs> out, they went ballistic. <laughs> you fed us, Joe. Oh, you cannibal. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you people? He just wanted to give y'all one last ration of shit, and I helped him do it. <laughs> I'm going to get you back on next season. You cool with that? Yeah, no problem. All right, well, I love you. I'm going to go ahead and let you go for now, and I'm going to uh, put you on this 100th episode, like I said, and uh, thank you for helping me evolve. From those early days. Cartoon of somebody shaking their boot and rattlesnakes and scorpions falling out. <laughs> I will do that. Some little gutter punk <laughs> junkie fucking kid. <laughs> Love you, Mom. So my mom saved my ass on that one. And I was thinking about Art Bell. And I was always a fan of Art Bell. So the next episode I did was on April 2nd, 2020. That was time travel as fuck which I did an Art Bell intro and talked about what I thought about CERN and moving the earth and that conspiracy <laughs> and started talking about that kind of conspiracy about time travel and breaking the time. I wanna, I'm going to do more. The next episode was April 2nd, 2020. That was the Lakewood, Colorado review. <laughs> And that uh, was talking to my friend Art Arturo, who I, uh, you know, did, I'm not talking to now because um, he kind of had a nervous breakdown. I recorded an episode with him, and he got he got real PTSD, and it was too dark uh, even to put on. I gotta be honest. Oh, man. It was kind of rough because I wasn't sure about what I wanted to do with art. And uh, I tried to call him back and I was like, look, I know I don't want to sound like I'm going against myself. But it was just too dark and, you know, some of the things you were saying were really specific. And uh, I have to know when to cro uh, you know, cross out this. I don't know, I didn't, this is all new to me, man, you know, I love the guy, I understand what the virus has done to us, and how hard it's been for us, and uh, he said he had to go to a flea market one morning, and uh, he never called me back, dude, and uh, I'm worried about him, I do love him, but you know, he needs to chill fuck out too, you know, and he knows, God, he's got to chill out. I have to, we all have to, man. It's hard, though. I know about being pushed. I know about being pushed. For the sensible-minded adult, Long John Silver's proudly introduces Luncheon More for 244. <laughs> Choose yeah, better right. fried fish, chicken, a combination, mm. or soup and salad. Now, if that doesn't appeal to your adult intellect, buy a Luncheon More <laughs> meal right now and receive free. 
A little gift just for you. Long John Silver's. Lunch and more for two forty four, And get this free paper made pencil. Just for yeah, you. Right. At least you could draw something, I guess. Well, that was it. <laughs> Me and Mike Diana became uh, officially episode number six, uh, an hour with Mike Diana. And when I was able to get him to do that show with me, I, I just really just asked him, and I was like, "Will you please do this?" Because I, you know, wanted to do this thing. And he's like, "Yeah, I think that's cool. That what you're doing, you know." And one of the things. Me and you know, Mike met through metal back in 91, and uh, he knows what that means. <laughs> but we were bonded in malt vinegar because um, that was our big common, you know, common uh, bond as like, you know, not only like offensive underground cartoonists, but we love Long John Silver's religiously, dude. Just, you know, addicted to that malt vinegar and the magic behind it and the vintage imagery and the whole smell and everything about it. You know what I mean? It goes back deep, dude. So he ended up doing more episodes with me, man. We did a... We did a bunch, but, uh, you know, I'll come across it, um, you know. Oh, I love it, man. All I want to do, to see, the price goes up every three commercials, right? 30 cents. <laughs> oh. Anyway, that was it. All right, I got Mike Diana with me here on the 100th episode. Fucking 100 episodes, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good number. I like, <laughs> would you say start the recycling? <laughs> yeah, I recycle, I recycle, get recycling, organize. <laughs> we have had some pretty great episodes together, and the episodes that you recorded with me are still doing the best. Yeah. Yeah, man, soda. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, soda is delicious, I mean... It really is. You know, you got to go out and get yourself a sun drop if you're ever near a Tennessee area. Yeah, not near there now. Oregon, did you notice any interesting sodas like around there? Uh, No, but, you know, I'm trying to lay off the soda, but... Yeah. Really, I just found myself drinking it when I want to punish myself now. <laughs> Exactly. It's kind of what it is. You're like, oh, it's the sweet flavor of revenge to me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh. <laughs> God. Well, we did have uh, the toys episode, and we did. Um, yeah, toys. Are Hardcore sex is still doing the best. Hardcore sex with yeah. Mike Diana. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was a good one. Everybody's like, yeah, I want to have hardcore sex with Mike Diana. They misunderstood yeah. the title, I think. That's what happened. Oh. I know. That's why they're all hitting it. They're like, damn it. That's not what I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sorry we bummed you out, guys, on that. <laughs> Hell out of it. <laughs> but if you want to contact Mike, here's his number. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be landsliding. Landsliding. 
My favorite one I was listening to the other day was The Trial of Mike Diana. Oh, yeah. That's and, a good one. Oh, man. Dude, I was just such a great uh, time to do that with you, man. And, uh, you know, thanks again for all the, all the kickdown and just what being there. What is that sound? You're recycling? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my uh, my buddy's dog, the mortician's dog. Uh -huh. <laughs> His, oh, his name is Bloody. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, Bloody. Bloody. Yeah. So we're I... chewing on some bone hide. <laughs> Skull I... tissue. Yeah. <laughs> I probably told you about the cat I had named Leatherface. Oh. Was that the one you had over there in the upper... In the upper side there? No, no that was Jacqueline, but Leatherface I had when I was, like, younger. Oh no! What was Leatherface's story? Mm, just named it after Texas Chainsaw, you know, Leatherface. Oh, that's... eventually gone. Yeah how how long did you have have her? Well, I actually I guess I had her in Florida, and then I moved to New York to like Corning area. That was like in 88, maybe. Hmm. And I lived there for like over a little over a year. And I had her when I was there. And then I came back to Florida, went back to Florida and brought her back. And eventually I moved in to a place where I was having, letting her be an outdoor cat. And she would recognize the sound of my car because my car would make a specific sound. Yeah. She would start rolling around when she heard me coming from down the block, you know, happy to see me. Oh. And um, one day she just vanished, you know, it's one of the dangers about outdoor cats. Never knew what happened. Man, oh man. But yeah, I think Leatherface now and then. Her nickname was Angel Pie. <laughs> I named her after the Robert Crumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Angelie Poo, Angel Heart, and like a dozen or more angel names, you know, yeah. call it. Because, you know, when you're just talking to a cat, you're like, oh, talking weird in a way. People are like, wow, isn't that, you know? <laughs> well, like, Poo. she was your little boiled angel. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, man, that's a cool little story to share right now, man. And I just wanted to get you on and thank you for being a part of the hundredth episode, man. <laughs> we fucking made it a hundred episodes in a year. That's some serious. Uh... We got to keep trying to survive in the times we have and all the viruses and crap. It is the virus year in review. I mean, you know, that's what kind of started this whole thing. Hanging low, you know, trying to. Not go out too much. I mean, don't want to get sick, you know, picking up germs. Try not to. I mean, it's a good idea, right? Yeah. But, uh, well, stay germ free, Mr. Diana. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta try, damn it. God damn it, that's all we can do. One way or another, you know?
We will survive, right? Survivors. We're going to survive this thing. Yeah. We got to just coast it out. Yeah, definitely. It's a coaster. All right. Well, look, I'm going to let you go. And hold on one second, okay? All right, man. All right. Have a good episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> After Mike Diana, I had, you know, another kind of time travel thing, kind of, but it wasn't mismemory. To me, it was a Mandela effect. But either way, it dealt with Tim Simpson, which became episode uh, seven. And um, I got to talk to my buddy Tim Simpson, who I thought had died when we were in middle school. It was very time travely, but it was cool, and he knew a lot of cool stuff. It did remind me that the timeline is broken, because when I was a kid, I lived with this deep, vast regret that Tim Simpson, not only was he killed, but he was killed because of me. Because of some racist shit. Well, here in this reality, it never happened like that. And really, it does make sense, too, that it didn't happen that way because I had to move to Florida two days after I found out about Tim Simpson getting killed. Or I thought he had. But he really wasn't there because his cousin got killed. And Tim was, you know, grieving with the family. And I'm glad that I was able to reconnect to him because of the reality of the situation. And I'm sorry that he had lost his cousin, of course, but I have to admit, it's creepy shit. <laughs> I won't lie, man. I told him to, you know, we've had talks about it. He's like, nah, man. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, man. You know, but here we are. Episode 9, man. Met this chick named Desiree online. Thought she was hot. Had dreads. She was a chef in Indiana. <laughs> I got her on the show. And she had this fucking, like, shitty little fucking weirdo attitude about the... I guess it's kind of typical, though. It's kind of what Chris Flash was talking about on the Shadow episode, if you haven't heard that. Go back and listen to that, motherfucker. But, you know... Nobody can prove what the fuck it is, so whatever. But some people already had the answer already. Oh, it definitely is not man-made. Well, how the fuck do you know that? You know, so that was what that episode was kind of about. At the end of it, I was like, well, fuck her. She had an attitude, so I kind of kept the attitude. <laughs> the attitude. I kept the show around. I did make the next episode, and this brings us to the fucking end of the first ten. How my dad tried to kill fucking Stephen King. And it's about how my dad tried to fucking kill fucking Stephen King. Go listen to this shit. That's what I titled one of these first 420 stories, so... Never heard back from Desiree, that's a good thing. 
And uh, Stephen King, I got a couple compliments on that episode. Uh, so I made it through the first ten fucking episodes, huh? Well, that was the fucking beginning. And I knew that, uh... <laughs> it was about to go somewhere. So the next episode, we don't need another fucking hero talking about Chuck Rosansky, Superman, Batman, and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. April 13th, 2020. Something, something Satanic Hobos with Ruben McLaughlin. Some guy I just refused to fucking talk to anymore. Don't think he was a bad guy. Just thought he was fucking irritating and didn't know how to hold his fucking promise. Sounds familiar. Home, April 14th, 2020. Holy sacral, this shit works. April 15th, 2020 with friend Stephanie Lawrence. Who I might have it on show before we get off. Then I took it a fucking step further and went to Super Watchmen, Nebro Dicks, and Lizard Fucks Part 1 because this episode is just too fucking long. And I started talking about Nebru and Alpha Draconians. I have not been abducted or taken away in a black sedan up to date <laughs> that I know of. Then, of course, How I Met Fucking Arkham, released on April 17, 2020. And then I got Mike Diana back, talking about horror movies that we skipped school to go see when we were kids. And then uh, Chris Cooley shows up on Comic Book Adaptions and other shit with Chris Cooley, which came out 420, 2020. Got Chris Cooley in the studio with me. Which is really just my back porch on some ghetto phone. What are you doing there, Chris? Uh, greetings, Adam. I am smoking a spliff. Oh, yeah, you're doing the European the spliffs? Well, you know, I, I've uh, been unable to shake the spliff habit since Germany. You know, everybody's addicted to spliffs in, like, uh, Colorado and Oakland, I noticed, too. Really? Because in L.A. and Portland, people think it's very weird unless they're from Europe themselves. No, it's uh, it's all right, man. It's all right. Uh, I, I don't mix the two together, you know? Hmm. Yeah, but it's funny because, you know, I feel like most people smoke either herb or tobacco, but when I meet someone that smokes both and is down with a spliff or is just down with a spliff in general, it's, it's a nice kinship that's formed. You know what I what I tried the Alan Moore one time. You ever had that one? <laughs> Spliff the size of chair legs. Spliff the size of a box of Kellogg's cornflakes. Family size. <laughs> no, I I read this thing about him, and I don't even know if that's on the episode that we did together or whatever about. I feel like we talked about that uh, interview with Warren Ellis where he's talking about being friends with Alan Moore. And he says, <laughs> he talks about talking to him on the phone. He's like, you know, this man smokes spliffs the size of chair legs, so he speaks very slowly. <laughs> you know what it was? It was with him and David Gilliam. And, uh, oh, yeah, and he, he, he was talking about how, like, oh, yeah, 
Dave just called me and told me how much they paid him for Watchmen. Uh, <laughs> he wanted him to make the Watchmen. That's what it was. But they were like having these sessions, and they would take a, a an eight fucking eight inch fucking paper and ma- and mix with this fucking nice blonde tobacco and put like a a fucking drop of hash every inch. Oh yeah, dude. I I call the the herb. And hash with the holy trifecta. Ooh. See, that sounds like a my, my great favorite, breakfast. My favorite, though, is uh, you get that, like, uh, that, um, like, um, German or Middle Eastern style hash where it's, like, the malleable kind is black. Oh, yeah. And, like, they call it black snake in Germany. And you, like, roll it real thin, like, a real, and just line the bottom of the slip so it just kind of burns evenly, like a you know? Oh, yeah. Go. <laughs> right now, I'm smoking uh, duct tape. Hey, you know, another cool <laughs> thing about smoking spliffs is, um, you know, back when I was smoking the bong regularly, like, I feel like my, like, feeling for how high I could get came down, whereas now that I rarely smoke the bong, if I want to get really high, I can go smoke the bong. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. But with the spliffs, I feel like I get a nice, like I get the energy boost and the sharpness from the tobacco with like the relaxation of the herb. And it's just like, is that your favorite thing shit. to like watch shit too? Like if you were watching like something great, is that something you would? Oh, dude! If I stumble upon a particularly good. YouTube video or channel, I will roll a split specifically to enjoy with it, yeah. Like, if I find a good documentary on some obscure shit that I'm into, you know, like, I'm like, oh, fuck, roll a split for this. <laughs> it, yeah, definitely. Okay, now, when the story I heard, Alan Moore wanted Terry Gilliam to make the Watchmen movie originally when when Alan Moore was still with DC. I had heard that Terry Gilliam was the one that wanted to make it. And, and like, I could certainly see Alan Moore being the most okay with him trying. I think... But, that's, but I know that Terry Gilliam's got a handful of failed adaptation attempts, too, because he got quite ambitious for a while there. Terry Gilliam was suffering, I heard, under the thing that he's like, Alan, there's no way I can make this fucking movie like in less than 12 hours long. You know, I mean, the only person I saw pull that off was just in 2017, and he had to break it up into 18 episodes. And I thought Dude, that was. Have you ever checked out David any Lynch. Of Alan Moore's comic scripts? Oh, yeah. Dude, they're fucking insane, dude. There's so much. Shit. Like, there's so much descriptive shit. He's a mad there's magician. no way they could ever cram in there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Oh, I thought and that like, way I've... about From Hell when I was checking that out back in the day. That And it's like the size of a cat. It's just a fucking phone book. It's a thick-ass fucking graphic novel. I mean, it's just... It's like a Yellow Pages. Anyway, that's it. Rant over. Rant over. <laughs> we'll, it up later. we'll talk about it more later. Sounds good, man. Um, thank you, Chris, for being a part of this fucking year in review and uh, for, you know, it's the first year of the real 
first year of the virus AD, man, you know? And the next day I had a PTSD attack, April 21st, 2020, and recorded it. And it came out uh, pretty legendary. I released a Jack Kirby episode right after that. And it didn't do as great. But the primary focus was really around Hell is for Children because I broke the boundary there. The next episode comes in with uh, Doc George Perejo, April 23rd, 2020, talking about the virus. You know, that talk with uh, Doc George Perejo, it was a good episode, but I did have a falling out with the man because I thought he was sympathizing with pedophiles too much. He is a doctor, and he's not a pedophile. I don't think he's a fucking pedophile, dude, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, in real life, discussions on the radio and what happens in real life can often be two different fucking things, man. So we just kind of cut ties. Uh, the next episode belonged to Russ McKinney, man, and I, I fucking hustled with this guy on 7th Avenue and, and Bedford Avenue in uh, Williamsburg for fucking four years, man. And he was cool as fuck, you know? And it was me and this other guy from, uh, me and Russ and this other guy from Jerusalem. His name's Sharon, man. He was a fucking cool-ass motherfucker who made baby punk rock clothes. It was awesome, dude. But at some point, uh, while I was making this episode, I had made this episode called Squat That Motherfucker, okay? And uh, Russ wasn't doing that good, man, and uh, he needed me to come out there to hang out with him. I just didn't know he needed me to come out there to help, help him fucking sober up. That wasn't really... <laughs> what I thought was going on, I thought, you know, hey, I'd go out there and draw with him and uh, he'd be okay. That wasn't the case. The guy was having some serious physical shit happen to him. It was fucked up. He was living with some narcissistic vampire and, you know, half his friends didn't know what to fucking tell him and the other half were telling him to fucking get rid of her. So I had to go out there to take care of this shit, you know. Russ, he did sober up, man. And I'm really proud of him. And he fucking sobered up, and he's going on eight months. He's got a fucking chick. Uh, he's been wanting to go into drug counseling and substance abuse counseling, so that's what happened out of that shit. Man, sometimes this takes a little love. I wanna strangle the motherfucker, don't get me wrong. Fucking annoying motherfucker. Get your ass over here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he's a good guy, man. And I'm really proud of him in, in reality, man. You know. Good old Russ. The next episode uh, comes out the same day, <laughs> April 23rd, 2020. Twin Peaks the fuck out with Andy Glass. And then he comes back up a little later on here when C2 gets on the fucking air.
We come to the end of season one, man. It's the season fucking finale with Jason Shithead. Look, man, I like Jason. I thought his band was good. I like everything. I just thought he was talking shit. And I didn't like how he was standing me up. And I just don't have a lot of patience for people who are standing me up. Especially in a fucking virus when there ain't shit going the fuck on anyway, motherfucker. So, get the fuck over yourself. The one thing about Jason was... He kind of got victim... We didn't get kind of. He did get victimized by Robert Crumb. And was character assassinated by Robert Crumb. For fucking doing drugs with Sophie Crumb. And Sophie Crumb was doing fucking drugs and R. Crumb knew it. And R. Crumb wanted to hang out with this chick named Eden because he's obsessed with her. Some chick we all fucking know from C-Squad forever. Decades. And R. Crumb's got a fucking crush on her, you know, whatever. They play in a band. And he assassinated Jason Shithead and I thought that was bullshit and just for the record, you didn't deserve that, Jason. Fuck that. And you are a great artist, and even if we can't talk, oh well, we're, we're fucking eccentric cats, whatever. The next episode was the first of uh, episode, or season th uh, two, man, rather. 123 Avenue B. That was the name of the fucking uh, pilot, okay? For uh, Sesame Street. But they didn't want to ch combine Washington Heights with uh, Lower East Side. And 123 Avenue B is the fucking address for Tompkins Square Park, which is another episode that's coming up here shortly. The next episode, May 2nd, 2020, Cartoon Days Revisited, was with my friend uh, and reclusive friend uh, Shelly Mayer. Shelly Mayer <laughs> comes from, you know, a line of royalty. Because her grandfather is Sheldon Mayer, who did the comic book Sugar and Spike for National Comics. And if you're a Golden Age comic book enthusiast, you know what Sugar and Spike is probably. And you know Sheldon Mayer was also the guy working for the submissions department at uh, National Comics, which became DC later on. And got Joe Schuster and Joe Siegel... Jerry Siegel, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Schuster and Joe Siegel. Sorry about that, man. That's what happens when you smoke your fucking breakfast, dude. Okay, good save. Um, <laughs> so fucking, uh, you know, Sheldon had a nervous breakdown, uh, according to the show, because. Um, the kids got fucked over with the guy he hooked up with at uh, National. He hooked the kids up with this guy at National. They got Superman out. <coughs> and right away, the guy got shysty and stole all this money from the kids that they were actually making. And why? Because it was all mobster shit back then. And you gotta listen to the episode. Cartoon Days Revisited. Shelly Mayer. She's a good person. And a great artist. The next episode is when the shit hits the fan. And 
I'm talking about more Nibiru chasing, Planet X chasing, Nibiru dicks, and uh, <laughs> Nibiru fucks, and uh, <laughs> lizard dicks, and all that shit. So it's worth checking out, definitely. Which came out on uh, May 9th, 2020. Okay. The one that just got yanked by Universal Music three days ago. <laughs> Madam Firestone Speaks, May 13th, 2020. And she's a woman who claims to be a Palladian. And she's got for sale information. Guys, I'm going to warn you in advance that she's a wing nut. And it took me a minute to really see it. But even her partner, White Lightning, was trying to... <laughs> White Lightning was trying to warn me that Madame Firestone is quite out to lunch. At some point when I was living in Georgetown, she had this guy call me and said, Are you ready to talk to your leader? And I was like, My fucking leader? And the guy got on. He was some fucking meth head from fucking Eastern Florida Trailer Park number fucking... Lot number 67. <laughs> and, uh, dude, the guy was uh, trying to talk shit to me about how he was my god. Of course, I told him I was going to break his neck in three places. Well, I did. He threatened me. So, there's that part. Anyway, um, yeah. Got rid of her, told her I would never have her on again. Gave her two episodes. The Palladians actually had self-proclaimed aliens on the show, guys. Told Madam Firestone after she sent me one more literature about how I shouldn't masturbate. I told her to go fuck herself, and that was the end of it. Uh, on May 15, 2020, I released an episode called Super Alien Reveal episode about shape-shifting Elvis Presley, about the Carpenters and how they went missing in 1977. For about a year about two friends of mine who uh, had angels inhabit them and helped me fulfill a fucking little prophecy from a vision I had nightmare and then about a little story about how I met the Dalai Lama which was pretty cool you gotta hear that one man that's when I changed the format on this shit On May 16th, 2020, I did an episode called Better Be Home Soon with this pinup model chick who was being sexually harassed. So I get on the episode and I'm like, hey, you guys want to talk to me? I can rearrange your face for you if you want to harass this fucking chick. She appreciated it. A little later on, I tried to talk to her and she got a little weird so I didn't talk to her again but that was my fucking tribute to the pinup model and why these these ladies aren't here for guys to harass or anything like that dude they're just eye, eye candy and she's eye candy and she does a good job about doing it the next episode May 16th also that same day <laughs> life's a gas with a dude named Phil who was a uh, tested on by government gassing um, the government gassed his ass on in some test laboratory you gotta go back and listen to it I'm not gonna tell you more about it 
But I will tell you this. That was a fucking amazing little run before I get C2 on the show. Which is right now. But you come in on your first episode. That's where you come in. Makes sense to me. Don't squeeze the shaman. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. May 17th, 2020. Wow, we've been almost a year on this stuff. Well, I have. 102.22. What do you remember about that episode? Did you like that episode? Yeah. By the yeah, time we... That was, a fun, that was a fun introduction, but I'll be darned if I can remember specifics. <laughs> I know, that's how I feel about it. I, I, and it just, it really only got seven plays. It's kind of weird. And then, uh, all right, here. What else is there? Okay, and then I do... Uh, so, okay, between, let's see, after uh, Don't Squeeze the Shaman, you come back in on Spooky L.A. What the Fuck, episode 13, which came out May 21st, 2020. Was that the Robin Williams, right? That's the Robin Williams and the Skinwalker, and that's yeah, the first yeah, time you mentioned... really well. That's the first time you mentioned the... Uh, what is it? The fucking, uh, it's the first time you mentioned going up against the Wendigo, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that first either, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say? And then I found out that uh, <laughs> the Wendigo and the Skinwalker are related by Navajo legend. Mm-hmm. Not that they're the same creature, but they are. They got some aspects. They got aspects, uh, and there's like this, you know. Okay, so then again. You come in on uh, Gods of Puss. Okay, so it's here's here's what happens. Don't squeeze the shaman, and then I do the candy episode with Mike Diana, and that does. Oh, yeah, I was with you on that one. No, I was with you toy one. Sorry. That's okay. Yep, and uh, then I did the Ren and Stimpy deal, and that was a story about me and Bunny Genghis. And Bunny Genghis giving the flyer to John Kay from Ren and Stimpy. And a misadventure that happened along that. And how I didn't get hired for the episode. Gotcha. Okay, and then we did Spooky LA What the Fuck episode 13. And that was Elias and Lamb too, right? Yeah, and you were also on the investigation with on that. After, I did an after one. Uh, like I said, about 18 months after. And then what was that like again for you, that whole, uh, just briefly? Oh, I was hired as a, after, after report team to just go in and catch anything anybody missed. And I talked about looking at the electronics of the elevator, looking at the weld scenes, the history of all the tank stuff. You know, it's mostly technical stuff, but filling in blanks and, and cutting off the corners people are actually trying to say we're dead ends or open areas. And that's a briefing on what that fucking episode is. Right there. And then after that, I had Jim Ogilaw on for the first time, and it was called, Hey, Public, Access This. That was May 23rd, 2020. Then I had Kim Jackson on for the first time, which she's excellent. And I just had her on the Rejects LA episode, which is uh, will be discussed a little later. But uh, this one... Hey, public access this. That was cool because, you know, Jim Oldula does special effects on Tromaville shit. You know, he's a cool motherfucker. Uh, So he comes back up again. 
And then on May 29th, 2020, I did the Gods of Puss show, and then I had you back on to break down the element of the evil of this bomb shelter door. Oh, yeah, that was a fun one. I remember, I was like, doors are uh, representational and metaphorical metaphysical gateways. Any door enters. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I'm like, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right after that, the George Floyd riot starts, and I record the fucking show Riot. Oh, yeah. And then uh, use the Dead Kennedys riot song while I'm recording yeah. the news at the beginning. I thought that was a cool little technique that I ended up throwing on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, the final frontier was, uh, with my friend Josh and, uh, it was kind of a Q and a about what I believe about Sumerian text and some spirit world shit like that. So if you're interested in Nibiru and junk like that, final frontier could be a good one for you. Uh, I try not to put any dry shit in it, you know, but, uh, that's what I'm for. okay so all right now i get this interesting show which came out june 1st 2020 called planned obsolescence and it's with this chick named lava and she's 21 years old right and she's like this QAnon driven girl this is like way before you know the buffalo shaman dick fucking infiltrated the capital uh but She's pretty much on the same boat. And I noticed that I've been studying a lot of the same conspiracies without knowing what QAnon was. And I think what my position was, uh, you don't have to be a member of QAnon and get your information from QAnon because after I did my investigation into QAnon, I found out they were like someone that backs pedophile interests and blah, 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 and all this. And, you know, and it gets down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, she ended up being some sassy, smart-ass little bitch. So I kept the episode, but she definitely was one of these people who I was like, no, I'm never going to. One and done, baby. One and done. One and done. One and done. (laughs) Another one and doneer was the next episode that I did on June 3rd, 2020, called Stale Ink Resents. And if you remember, when we were kids, I was doing the Stale Ink comics. I know you were doing comics. I didn't know the name. That was the name of the imprint that I had. Uh, that I started with this uh, other cat. And this guy was like the last of the remaining artists that I had had. Turned out the guy was just too busy to even listen to his own episode like six months after I fucking recorded it. it was I took an offense to it, you know? So I was like, well, fuck him, you know? So I, I was like, one and done. One and done. All right, so after that, June 4th, 2020, I did further guttural knowledge, gutter gutter snippets with Grandma Gutterpunk fucking part Uh. two. Good old mom. And uh, we had her back on, and it was a good episode. There was some, you know, technical fucking bullshit always on these, but she was uh, definitely a great one to return to. After that, I did the Undersea World of Adam Air, MDGED, and uh, I had given stories about what it was like to live on the ocean with a couple paranormal experiences, uh, some some crimes that I committed. <laughs> was that the manatee crime, first edition? 
that's the manatee crime first edition and then uh okay. <laughs> it's the shrimp boat that. the shrimp boat fucking uh, <laughs> what was it the shrimp boat fucking uh story about when i'm 14 years old at pretending to be 16 yep. and i fucking get on the fucking boat and we see the sea monster and it's like this weird ass fucking cracking i don't know what the fuck we saw dude i just knew i was you know scared to death Oh yeah, saw enough. <laughs> Was like, nope, <laughs> that's the size of a Blue Ridge Mountain. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you Blue know, Ridge Mountain, uh, terrifying. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Fuck the shit. Um, you know, I uh, ended up right when we right when I did the undersea episode. Mike Diana had uh, the Amazon release of Boyle. The Trial of Mike Diana, the Boiled Angels documentary. Okay. Yeah. And it's produced by Frank Hanlatter. And, you know, he did Brain Damage and Frank and Hooker. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. And uh, he did, you know, the trial movie. Um, so I was like, well, hey, Mike, and I say it on the episode, it's like, this is our friends with benefits, you know, thing. I get to use you and get to do the free and open you get to speak freely about the trial. So I just let him talk, you know, and that came out uh, June 17th, 2020. The undersea one was June 11th, 2020. And then the Mike Diana trial episode was June 17th, 2020. And that ended the uh, third season or the second season or some shit. Yeah. Uh, then the third season starts up with soda that's what happened and then that was june 29th 2020 and i recorded that out fucking new york and it's an excellent episode with mike diana coming back consecutively back to back uh next was uh tv casualties kind of marking that beginning june 30th 2020 um with kim jackson again and going over vintage television, and that's what that episode's about. Uh, and it was good. PTSD in the Tompkins Square Park episode was the next one where I'm in Lower East Side. I put on some fucking ohm re on loop, you know, for 10 hours off of YouTube and sit under a f the Buddha tree in uh, Tompkins Square Park, which they violated and cut the a big branch off of the city did. And, uh, so I sat there anyway and prayed, you know, whatever. It was just like, you know, I, I gotta let shit go. Kind of the beginning of that whole thing. Um, the next one was, uh, June 11th, 2020 Northeast Ohio episode, part one. And that's a fucking classic episode. Have you ever heard that thing? I am. I don't recall if I did or not. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, you got to go back and fucking hear that shit. Because that one's all about my uh, childhood and waking up in Ohio. You know, and gotcha. PTSD and shit like that. And then uh, that brought us to Bill Cashman at the BLM Critical Mass Coney Island. And I don't talk to Bill anymore. I think he's a backstabber. I thought he was a cool guy, but I got tired Sometimes I'm tired of people who act like Switzerland did and their stance is too neutral. 
And anything goes? Yeah. I need more input than this, C2. Come on. This is the 100th episode. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I find that kind of funny because I'm pretty neutral. (laughs) You're not (laughs) neutral. (laughs) Maybe I'm just civil. You're civil. Well, yeah, you got this. You got, you know. I'm like, all right, you got your coffee going, though? Because this is a long list. This is a fucking long list. We're going through these motherfuckers, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. The next one was with Caitlin, and that was the famous one with the chick who, like, had cracked her head open on the side of my buddy, my buddy's apartment wall in the Bronx. And it's this famous picture of her with a rag over her head. She's got blood all over her head because she was an obnoxious drunk, schizophrenic. Uh, Apparently very durable. <laughs> just kind of, you know, just the rotten kind of person, you know what I mean? And uh, someone you just have to be really specifically okay with. I, you know, kind of exploited it, just like I exploited a few people on the show, I'll be honest. Um, Yeah, I remember. And I was like, well, she's been a dick to me a few times, so I'm just going to go ahead and record her. (laughs) And I got it, and it became this kind of cool-ass cult episode. You there? Yeah, I had to cough, so I muted myself for a second. (laughs) Okay. Um, The next one was uh, Failures, and that's the one... Because my mistake the whole time had to had to be to bring on uh, my girlfriend at that time, Chainsaw, who ended up being a narcissist. And I, you know, had brought her on some episodes, and then I gave her an episode, and it became one of these episodes that I fucking yanked. And I did. I yanked some fucking episodes, you know. I fucked up. I, you know, don't put your fucking chick on the fucking show. You know what I mean? You don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I, I learned this hard lesson, you know. Uh, it was like, you know, fuck it, man. You know, I, I made a mistake. I put her, I had to edit like seven episodes. Two of them I had to yank. It's like, God damn. Yeah. Kicking the nuts. (laughs) All the way a fuck around, but you know, life's gotten better since that point. So that's good. I'll agree with that. Um, you know, that was also the one that I, I kept getting these compliments about you and I on that part because you come back on failures and you helped me build this microwave that is supposed to go to oh, another God, dimension. So <laughs> and I break up with C or I break up with C2. I break up with Chainsaw on that during that episode. So the whole thing really took a month and it was like this kind of painful transfer. But right before I had actually broke up with her, we recorded the microwave part. Then I kind of recorded again. All right, here's how C2 showed me how to do it. You know, I was like, I think the FCC's after me. And uh, <laughs> and I would say these kind of things, and we did a really good job about making it sound. I just remember trying not to laugh the whole fucking time, dude. I was like, yeah, it, 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 it was pretty hard not to laugh with your sound effects. They weren't <laughs> Thank you, dude. And I, I think, you know, if we ever really do come back to do it, that would be like a format to kind of follow one in and, and do... Because I heard it repeatedly, actually. I heard a few people that was like, that's how you should do every episode. You should do every episode like that. And I was like, it does remind me of this more of a comedy kind of fucking, like, almost like tool time deal, but like on acid. 
Well, it's in the, quote, your favorite show. It's kind of like Joel Time mixed with Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got a cussing <laughs> mouth. You got this fucking, you know, we're going to do something fucked up crazy that you haven't thought of. It hasn't been I like out how there. Somebody asked you if that was how it was really done. That was funnier. Than that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh yeah, dude, just do it just like that." <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool, man. That was cool. Uh, failures went down in history on August thirteenth, twenty twenty. By August sixteenth, twenty twenty. I was in my new place, already separated, and interviewing one Karina Klein, an L.A. punk rock model. It's a great episode, guys. Go back and fucking listen to this shit. That was August 16th, 2020. Talked to a homeboy fucking uh, out there in Denver who has a record store called Chain Reaction Records episode. You know, he's cool. His brother's a fucking douche nozzle, but, you know, they both run the fucking shop, and you shouldn't judge the place just because the one's a fucking dick nugget and the other one's fucking, you know, cool. Uh, So go and listen to that episode. That was cool. Um, Then I got Lil's Kills, and that was about me and my my dog that I scored in New Orleans. It was a miniature uh, Doberman Pinscher Chihuahua mix, and she died when she was a puppy, but... uh, I, you know, we had an instant, like, real psychic bond, and I was, like, you know, slowly starting to train her to fucking become a pedophile hunter in Venice Beach, and she did run off a fucking guy out of a car. He ended up leaving, so there was this moment where she had scared, as a puppy, she had scared some motherfucker off already, you know, and that's cool. it was pretty cool, you know. Uh, so the next episode, uh, it's melancholy, but Lil's kills in August 27th, 2020 on September 1st, 2020, a buck and some change with the Reverend Steven Johnson Leva. That's Anton LaVey's nephew. Just a briefing. I'm in a movie with him, H.R. Giger, Genesis Peorage. It's called What is Art? You can go look it up on, uh, fucking YouTube. Um... And uh, he also, you know, is the most hated man in the first church of Satan because he took uh, all the funds from it and gave it to the last of the Apache Indian in New Mexico. That actually sounds like something that would happen with that group, and I can't say it's right or wrong either way. (laughs) Hey, man, you know, I just, I became friends with, yeah, he's, he's a weird, it was hard to get him, and it was unfortunate he was on a really shitty phone. And the and the fo and the call or the show is good. The material's good, but it just sucks because it was just this. I couldn't get a fucking decent recording, and that was the only time I could actually get him. So on that one end, you know, he became history, and he goes off against AI, and that's what that episode's about: is him denouncing AI and going into his darker art and his music and shit like that. And that's cool, man. I follow him on uh, Instagram, and he's out in New Mexico right now doing tribal, you know, ayahuasca shit, you know, whatever the fuck he's doing, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of ayahuasca. <laughs> I've never done it, but, uh, you know, I just, I figured it's for training. It's like when you're going to go out and train to do some kind of skill that you are 
coming into an adaptability. That's what I always thought about ayahuasca, and I never put the association that it was some recreational shit. Oh, yeah, we're going to do ayahuasca, and it was awesome. And, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know about that. I've seen ayahuasca in combo, and combo is a, uh, oops, sorry, I'm getting stepped on by a cat. Oh, my God. Uh, Combo is that poison dart frog, you know, stuff that they use to trip out to, and all that stuff, in my opinion, just takes people who are regimented and stuck in their life and psychically neuters them and makes it so that they're less combative with themselves. So not a lot of respect for that stuff. No. But then people think it does them a lot of good. So I'll just let them do their thing. <laughs> you, moving on, um, we're going into episode uh, The Methophiles with my buddy Rocky. And he's a he's like this great guy from... Uh, You'd love him, C2. He's, a, he's such a kind dude. And uh, I had him on. Uh, and we just shoot the shit about Oakland. And specifically the Stork Club, which was the club that was moved from originally from New York into fucking uh, Oakland during the whole, you know, swing club fucking transfer to Oakland from New York. The Continental opening up in West Oakland in the bottoms. And, uh, you know, it's still there, but, uh, it's just such a weird gentrified hipster trash hole. <laughs> and, you know, the closest it's ever, uh, the closest I ever got to Oakland was looking down from the mountains near Berkeley. <laughs> I figured that was enough for me. <laughs> there are some views from Berkeley, like the Rose Gardens up there, man. I dated this one oh. chick. She was like two feet taller than me, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I. She lived by the Rose Garden. I always liked the whole thing, you know, and she'd make me the little breakfast. I was like, well, this is probably the best and safest view you'll ever get of the Bay Area, you know, because the rest of it's just shit. Basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> looking down off the big uh, hills outside of Berkeley because we were hiking up there looking at the fault slips and everything and looked down and it's like, what's that one over there? And my friend Susie is like, that's Oakland. I'm like, kind of looks like Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, all right. So, okay, that was September 8th, 2020. Jim Olgela comes back and talks about his uncle, Harvey the uh, Hammer Kerrigan. Oh, yeah. And that's called a serial killer in the family, September 11th, 2020, 9-11. Uh, the next one is September 16th, 2020. How I Got My Stripes, and it's kind of this breakthrough episode where I actually go deep and talk about how I had myself committed in Stanford University while I was writing my first novel called uh, Testimony to Mental Illness and Conquering the Underground Entertainment Industry. And uh, I never did anything with it because I got sidetracked and distraculated doing comics and cartoons again. But at one point, I was trying to get into the literary system, you know, and of course, I'm, you know, whatever, kind of autistic, so I can't really do both like that. (laughs) Now I can, but it's taken me this long, you know, 15 years of training later. The shit's still good. It's still a good book, and the episode came out well. I don't know if you ever heard it. Did you ever hear that shit? Pretty sure I didn't, or I would have come up with a pun count the Stracula for the mm-hmm. Well, that episode, I uh, I definitely fucking used some Watchmen music. It's not the first time, but uh, 
I love the the music that came out from the series on HBO or whatever by Trent Reznor. Oh, cool. He's like, you know, older, but that's kind of what you expect. Um, next episode, September 26, 2020, Carlo Quispe, buddy from New York, part of the gay community, and like, kind of like pegged out as like being against the gay community in a lot of ways because of his comics and all this other shit. And he's on there talking about breaking through that. And uh, that was a good episode. And he's a great artist, and I've been a fan of his for a long time. He's definitely a, a mutual friend of me and Mike Diana's, and uh, part of that uh, Latino community down there, um, pushing uh, not only his, uh, his rights um, as a cartoonist, but as being gay and a gay cartoonist. So check out his shit. It's called To Uranus and Back. <laughs> Next one was Codename Copperhead. I had a fallout with this chick, dude. There's not much to talk about, and we just really shoot the shit about whatever, and then it didn't go well. That was September 29th, 2020. The Friend Lottery was the next one, and I have Miss Roxy Firestone back uh, with her friend White Lightning. And these are cats that I met on Venice Beach, and they claim to be Palladians. Ah. So, you know, they're part of some Federation of Light bullshit, which is, like, you know, getting pushed pretty hard right now, the Gaia crap and all that other junk. So, you know, uh, they're definitely part of that, trying to sell the information. I thought they were just, in the end, what had happened was Miss Roxy Firestone called me while I was living in Seattle, okay? And she tried to say that, Okay, your leader is here on the phone with me. Are you ready to talk to your leader? Oh, Jesus. And I was like, my fucking leader. <laughs> and, uh, and I was not already, I was already not in the mood. And uh, so she gets me on the phone with this fucking meth head, fucking Floridian reject dick. And uh, that's straight out of like fucking East Trailer Park, Florida. And, like, I don't know, where the fuck you dug this fucking archive up? And I was like, you're not my fucking leader, motherfucker, you, and you can fuck off. And he's like, you talk to your fucking god like that, with that kind of mouth? And I was and I was just like, man, I will fucking break your fucking neck in three places, motherfucker. And just got fucking violent right off the bat. <laughs> I, I'm glad you expressed how you really felt. I was like, you try to be my leader, motherfucker. Let's see how that fucking goes for your ass. And, you know, Roxy was like, you didn't really give him a shot. And I was like, why the fuck would I? You know I'm spiritual. I don't believe the same thing you do. I've just had you on as a guest. You've been trying to push your shit down my throat since I've had you on it. So I really had, that was the fallout point with Roxy. And I was like, nah, not a loss. (laughs) Never heard back from White Lightning. And, you know, that cuts me down on two Christmas cards I got to send out a fucking year. Next one was Underground Cartoon Therapy, which came out September 30th, 2020. Also in Georgetown. I just walked down to Fantagraphics and I traded Larry Reed, who's been lynchpinning the whole fucking thing from the retail circuit into the connection with the artists that draw for Fantagraphics comics 
and it's a cool episode. You can barely hear the motherfucker. He talks like a goddamn Smurf, mumbling Smurf. But, you know, you can go and listen to it, and that's the uh, Underground Cartoon Therapy episode. Um, which is good, if you can hear it. I, I went back and uh, re-edited the next episode, which came out October 2nd, 2020. The Rock and Roll episode, Super Birthday Re-Edit. And that was a cool one. It's my history about rock and roll. Pretty simple shit. The next one is uh, with Russ McKay. Poor Kids Mansion in North Los Angeles. He's the head of security for Danzig. I got him to get on. And that was cool because the call actually dropped four times C2. And I was able to fucking perfectly edit it. And uh, somehow. So when you go back and listen to it, it's a really, it's a great episode. The sound came out really decent. And he's actually got cool stories about crazy shit that happened to Danzig. Versus... (laughs) what happened to him when he was with the misfits because the mis when he's traveling with the misfits and when he's with Danzig, it's, it's really two different things. So that's what that episode is. The Halloween episode. <laughs> it's really good. You know, I always call Danzig five foot two of evil. Five foot two. Well, if you want to get me high heels, I will wear them all tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's over. Oh, <laughs> rock and roll's over, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. I have a God-given gift for making macaroni and cheese, and it gets better every year. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't apply to singing. No. No, I dig it. Um, okay, so a super re-edit was done on... Uh, the next episode, October 14th, 2020, is called One Night in San Francisco, Super Birthday Re-Edit, Part 2. So, you know, that was one of those chainsaw-infected episodes. I had to go back and dissect some shit out of there, you know, and re-put it out. Woohoo! Uh, you know, that was, uh, the, and after that, I got my friend Brand, Brandon, Brandon, from Washington, D.C., and he's a psychic tarot reader. Tarot. Oh, cool. And he was a cool guy. I was able to reconnect with him a little bit of time later. And then after we did the episode and he gave the whole show a tarot reading, and uh, he was able to uh, uh, start his own show. He was inspired enough to start his own live thing on Instagram. So that's what he's doing now. You guys can go check that out. Um, and there's all the information on the edge. And then uh, the next one is the little soap opera thing I had made called Libra. And it was like, <laughs> that's us. About a, a alternate, you know, a multiverse version of me, basically, that does make it big, does make a bunch of money, and does uh, hunt pedophiles uh, in Hollywood. And they're like big-time motherfuckers, and he just finds their little bee's nest, and he goes after them. So it's kind of the beginning of that, where it would have gone. Nice little fucking interjection about him riding in the back of a limo with Martin Scorsese and Bobby De Niro and their lawyers who were involved with a child pornography ring in Silver Lake. So that's a good one. Go back and listen to that. I did some editing on it. It's nice and smooth. Came out good. The sound's all right. Okay, that came out October 20th, 2020. The next one is October 27th, 2020. That's Hardcore Sex with Mike Diana, 18 and over. Have you heard that shit? Yeah, yeah it's one of the uh, ones that you were just like, you gotta hear this, man. That was 
from the beginning when you told me when you did that one. That one hit the highest with a hundred, a hundred and one hits. Yeah, I said that's our highest hitter out of the whole series. It is, and you know, it's just. I think it's the title, and it's the the chick, you know, giving uh, you know head to the fucking uh, guy on the cover of the episode with the little eighteen oh, okay. sticker. <laughs> I think that probably has a lot to do with how many hits it. Sex sells, motherfucker, and if it's free, it's definitely getting hit up. That's what I learned. <laughs> okay, uh, that brought the end to this 72-hour hold. Now I'm on the 72nd episode. It was a 72-hour hold. I decided to go ahead and fucking go to the hospital, uh, the Behavior Health Center, and record the episode while I was doing intake and then give the actual stories of mental health that are fucking dark and disturbing and wasn't the necessarily the 72nd episode I fucking wanted to do. Uh, you know, the original 72nd episode I wanted to do was with Mike Diana and uh, Stephen Leva. It was supposed to be called Voices of Reason and it just didn't fucking happen. Now's the end of it. And then, uh, I don't know. It goes on from there. We go into the fourth season. And you've heard it all up to date. And C2's fucking making butter back there or some shit. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Oh, sorry, cat toy. Cat's like actually flopping around everywhere. (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ. It's like. (laughs) you're making butter cheese back there I know your Amish ass is motherfucker you're just churning the fucking bucket now I have a pole with a little floppy thing on the end for the cat and it's uh, it's the couch and hits the wall and it's just all over the place oh Billy you're gonna have to help our phone call be better now okay But that was good. You know, you were, uh, you know, okay, so you come on to fourth season, and this is where you really shine. And I wanted to go through it, even though they're recent. Is that cool? Oh, I'm fine with that. Okay, so. We're talking about me. Now we're talking about you. I spent the last 40 minutes talking about me. Now I'm going to give you 14 minutes to talk about you. Okay. Um, Okay, so the Antichrist of comics doesn't even have anything to do with you, motherfuckers. So what are you talking about? That's with Joe V. Hill. And uh, we're supposed to have him. And hasn't even recorded yet the last three episodes. He's episode 99 where we get the comic book Faust. Oh, okay. And him and his brother are supposed to be back on there. Okay, but you do come on. Finally. December 15th, 2020, it's a fucking Adamir MD GED fucking Christmas, and it's me, you, and Tim. Hold on. Hey, you there? Sorry yeah, about I'm that. Yeah, i uh, It's me, you, and Tim Simpson. Oh, gosh, Sim- Tim. I love him. He's amazing. Tim's amazing, right? Uh, and you guys are still... It's in the. It's in. It's something down the road. You guys will probably end up writing uh, uh, some kind of shit about quantum physics together, based off what happened on that show. Correct. Oh well, I hope so. I mean, that was a fascinating 
amount of, uh, that was a really neat take he had on it in the fact that I was able to add in the more technical aspects to help that one become a little more clearer for him was actually really rewarding. Um, it was fucking cool as fuck, dude. And it did get, it did, it did pretty well for, uh, you know, coming back in a fourth season and, uh, having to sit through that aching ass fucking anchor commercial that, you know, takes one minute of your time to get to it. I know. I wish that, (laughs) (laughs) wish you guys didn't have to do that, but here we are. Um, so we go into the next episode. Okay. Which came out December 16th, 2020. And it's Grand Conjunction Junction, What's Your Function? Yeah. Okay, where we have Mary and True Blood. Oh, yeah, no, I, just, I remember. I remember that was a... It was an interesting episode, but kind of tragic with the individual. <laughs> what was your opinion? Would Do you really think she was even CIA, or do you think she was, like, just some lunatic? I think she was uh, the same as that one individual that wrote Charmula that was kind of hostaging, like I knew something just to get some attention. Uh, it was an it, it was an interesting for me. It was interesting and sad to see somebody live in that state and be stuck in such dysfunction in a home. So, but I mean, it was fascinating. I'll give it that. And she was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> she was that that. I thought she busted my balls on that episode at some point that was so, uh, you know, rough. Oh, she that. did. She, she, <laughs> she kind of got in your face about, like, your creator is wrong. or you know, Ah, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. that, she was a snotty little twat. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah. She's, she, she's in the tuna can. She fucking belongs in, I guess. Yeah. All right, here. Now we go on to December 18th, 2020. Wendigo PTSD, which well, goes on one. Okay, this is the connector episode to uh, the Robin Williams episode, the spooky LA 13, uh, where I actually had had a PTSD attack that morning. And at that time, when you were really just starting with me on this uh, season four, and uh, we had uh, a deal where I could, if I got sick, I just needed to call you. Yeah, I remember that. And you're like, this was a show. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're called, but let's get working on your head. <laughs> right. And, you know, through that, it transitioned and turned into what had happened about you. Yep. That was the first time I really shared any of those events outside of any channels. And, you know, that was interesting. And I know most people have a hard time with it, but um, it helped me a lot later in life. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was a... It helped me out. And I thought it was uh, also interesting just the fact that such a thing existed and that made me realize there's, you know, all kinds of PTSD variations in the world if there is that one's if so obscure but you know it's like anything can trigger a motherfucker out and in that particular case that was a definite understandable <laughs> reason to be triggered up by this kind of cryptozoological motherfucking thing 
Yeah, and you know, I remember that I came to some epiphanies and understandings that I hadn't had before just by externalizing that in the episode. So that was actually pretty cool. Totally experimental, and, and it was on the right track of what we were going for to begin with. Yeah. Uh, this leads into, uh, I guess Christmas was just a very infective season because at least four more episodes are based around this shit. <laughs> uh, toys. Which was a fun one. Oh, my God. That was fucking fun. Mike Diana. Um, definitely uh, fun. And just, like, I ended up stealing this Christmas music from, like, what sounded like a Saturday Night Live, you know, backstage fucking Christmas party or some bullshit. Oh, yeah. It sounded just kind of like everybody noodling around on the instruments and, you know, but Christmassy. I like how relaxed it was. It was cool. Yeah. Um, this leads into <laughs> December on Christmas. I released The Gods Must Be Crazier Than That, even. Oh, that's when I discussed the possible title of God Has PTSD. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> Which we should still do that episode called God Has PTSD. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Give me one second. All right, sorry for that little intermission, guys. Uh, hold on. Where the fuck is the rouster? I got to bring it back up, C2. It's important. Okay. The gods must be crazier than that. December 25th. Okay. What's the brief on that? That's this uh, porn star chick named Katya Rodriguez. Maybe you've jacked off to her. Maybe you haven't. But she's this cute little Mexican porn star, you know, uh, squirter, fiesta bow. And um, I ended up becoming friends with her on fucking, you know, Instagram because I like porn. So, you know, we ended up talking about uh, kids and about protecting kids and about uh, this and that. Um, as far as like her working for some uh, production company and not wanting t her production company that she's working for now to know that she's like trying to send money that she's making to this place in Ghana. Sounds complex, right? She ends up siphoning money into my fucking account to get to Ghana so she doesn't get popped by her producer and get kicked off the porn film she's trying to make. That's how complex this was. A very complex scam. But that's what it ended up being. And it was someone else who ended up si uh, siphoning fucking uh, welfare checks from the state of Indiana to this guy in Ghana who's an actual outfit. His name is John Teta. He runs a, a, a school, a sports academy for these young kids. And he's a good guy. And he's a good guy. And C2 actually interrogates him on the show. And that was kind of the initiative of the show originally. But then once we're talking to him, you're just like, you're not interrogating him anymore. He's an actual dude. Uh, I, ran, I ran a real-time check on him because I was ready for it. And I was able to ascertain all of his data. And as you know, I have experience in geography of uh, Ghana and yeah, I was so pleasantly surprised. I was like, dude, he's legit. <laughs> he's legit. And not only that, but the actual person, whether it was Katya Rodriguez 
or someone else yet to be explained. I lost my fucking bank account. Uh, all this fucking bullshit happened in the heat of everything else. I, I met G I meet John Tetta. He verifies he's a real organization. So I'm like, okay, whoever I'm working for here is real. But they weren't real. They were just using John Tetta. And they sent him a crate from Indiana, which is where it was really happening. And they said they were in Chicago. They weren't in fucking Chicago. They were in fucking Indiana. And they were fucking siphoning the fucking checks from the state of Indiana from people who were, like, living off unemployment checks. They had put, like, something like a, a shitload of fucking checks into my fucking account pretending to be Katya Rodriguez. I don't know if it was Katya Rodriguez. If it was Katya Rodriguez, that's greasy shit. Uh, and if it wasn't... Who fucking knows, dude? But they can pose as whatever on this, you know, Instagram. And I never fucking verified it. I never saw her face-to-face, -face, blah, blah, blah. You know. And it was embarrassing. So, you know, I learned about getting scammed. But it put me in touch with some actual kids out there in Ghana. And it sucks that people in America are using Ghana and West African, like, uh, shit like that. Right? Yeah, I've been talking with John and, you know, Ghana right now, their government is kind of like makes ours look like a happy utopia with the bullshit that's going on. So um, I feel for the guy. And I mean, he's actually converted a horse stable into a series of classrooms that actually look like classrooms. And I'm sad that they used his pictures and names and harvested all of his data to make a front. And <coughs> yep. he's a legit guy, too. So. That's why they use them. It's kind of pissed me off, actually. <laughs> and in that sense, I'm kind of glad I, I was the one that got used, as opposed to anyone else, even though I went through all that shit, just to expose that that specific thing is happening like that. Because you don't hear it enough. You know, I, I haven't heard anything like that, necessarily, until you and I did that. So that was definitely some under, underground and investigative journalism, you know, style. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it helped to have my old contacts in place so I could run that real time. So, but, you know, I will say I was so happy when I found out everything was real on that and, you know, pretty cool. Yeah, no, me too on that end. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so John Tedda and we both still talk to him and, uh, you know, I'm just like, just keep making it through, man. I mean, we all are. And I know it's a different style of strife everywhere on the planet. And it's like, it's not a contest. But according to whatever area you're subjected to, you're going to feel the strife of it. What can I tell you, man? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. how it is. It's just uh, the whole planet and how we treat each other. And the gods must be crazier than that. Like I said, came out on Christmas 2020. Uh really shows the testimony to what I'm talking about there. So, you know, thanks for being a part of that one, man. I was kind of a, you know, needed it. Yeah, I, I, I needed I that to one. do that one on the fly, too. I remember <laughs> driving. It was. I got all screwed up, and I was like, crap, let me get over here. I got signal. <laughs> it's a complex story, you know. Everything already sucks, you know. You got ex-narcissistic girlfriends and 
other bullshit, you know, people croaking around you and fucking recovering and all this. Oh my God, it's a shit show, fucking mess. But, uh, you know, for that one, the for the John Tedda story to come out in the midst of all that, you know, really showed that that was a sustaining story here in the first year of the virus. Yeah, and just anybody listening, please just look up John Tedda or ask uh, for a link from us. And he's a really nice guy. He's only got 15 kids in the school. He's crying and, you know, done a great job. Yeah, he support this way. motherfucker, dude. Holy shit. And there's those kids. St. John's. Oh, sorry. There's another no. St. John's Academy, which is really big and really well off. So don't confuse the two. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> But if there's any, like, well, well-to-do well motherfuckers that just happen to be listening to this shit, please contact John. Check his credentials. You'll see what we're saying. He's not a fucking fraud. He's not, you know, but he has been used, which has put the hurt on not only him, but the people like me who give a fuck and, uh, and have been scammed. Um, so... That was that's what Christmas was about this year or last year or whatever. Good Christmas lesson. Okay, five days later, we had, we contacted a guy named Shane from uh, where the fuck was he from? He was uh, uh, in Colorado. I thought he was in Steamboat, but that's your portal, right? That's a, I'm getting them confused. Yeah, no, Steamboat's where we had that rift event. Anyway, he's my friend. Causes a uh, friend. And uh, he knew about Nibiru. And so uh, we had him on December 30th, 2020. And uh, he talked to us about the virus being like created to take out bad guys initially. Yeah. And uh, more, uh, you know, talk about um, t uh, time breaking, but PTSD because he was abducted. And I can't, I, it's pissing me off. I can't fucking remember where the fuck he said he was. <laughs> I can't remember right now. Yeah, uh, I'm confusing him with Leo Sprinkle, the guy that got abducted in Wyoming. So, yeah, I'm mixing stuff up there. No, he's he's in the other fucking big, you know, mountain town. Not Steamboat, but uh, it's right on the tip of my fucking shit. Anyway, he's in one of these Colorado fucking famous ass little mountain towns. You know, and he was abducted by a fucking alien. And you got to go back and listen to it. It's pretty phenomenal. C2 had a lot of value. You had a lot of uh, valuable information, uh, as usual. It's really weird. What's really weird is I'm having a really hard time remembering that episode, which is unusual for me. So You know what, too? Maybe. I'm kind of, like, lying about it because I don't fucking remember shit about it. <laughs> I'm trying to play it off like, oh, yeah, it was like this, you know. I can't remember where the guy's from. It is kind of having this weird Mandela effect on me, I'll be honest. Yeah, it is actually, isn't it? That's weird. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll have to get back to that. Well, let me look that up real quick. Hey, you know what? Just hold on, dude. You know what? I, I really want to. I can't even look it up right now, dude. I, God damn it. Can you look it up on your little library? I can uh, do that right now. Uh, Look that up. That episode. It's called Alien PTSD. Alien Invasion gotcha. PTSD. All right, cool. Now I'm it's fucking cool. kind of creeping me out. Yeah, it kind of creeped me out too, actually. <laughs> I'm like, huh. Hmm. Hmm. What? Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's really weird. So well. Give me a bit. I got to scroll to it. Okay. 
uh, I will move on, but just you're looking for that. We're going to backtrack, right, when you find that thing? Yeah. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to do was get away from aliens and all this other crap, and I was up uh, in my head. So I was like, well, I'll just do this, like, little eight-minute story about a psychic. I found it. Okay, alien go. Alien invasion PTSD. All right. What, what does it say? What's in the description? I'm working on it. Okay. It's, uh, unfortunately, I'm very slow. All right. Show goes for broke. Flying through space in a relic of infinity as we invite Shane, a man with a viewpoint and knowledge many do not possess. Stick around and check it out. Some alternative viewpoints on alien shit you may not have thought of before. Maybe you have, but maybe you haven't. So go do the Nibiru that you do. <laughs> Doesn't give a shit about it, right? He's like, he's from some fucking mountain fucking town. I'm going to have to get cause on this fucking thing, man. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like it's being erased from our brains. Yeah, that one definitely Teflon dust, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I cannot. I remember I, okay, I remember I had the Red Dwarf fucking music behind it. Yeah. It's cold outside. Uh, yeah. So it's an atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that part. And then I remember, like, I remember, yep, I play, yep, exactly. (laughs) And then I play the sci-fi music behind him. I remember that. I have to go back and listen to that motherfucker, dude. You got Ultimate Nullifier, MDGED, chaining into Goldfish Shoals, nibbling at my toes. That's what happened. (laughs) That's, you know... It was fucking weird. He was kind of cool, I guess. I mean, he wasn't a dick or whatever. So, you know. Yeah, well, we'll have to both investigate that one when we're done. (laughs) Now, before this next one, I lost, I lost like three or four episodes in a row, dude. One of them was called One Nation Underground. And it was supposed to be with my old bassist uh, from when we were like little kids. And I had some fucking reflexive PTSD from shit that had happened way back then. Gotcha. And it fucking came out during, or after the recording. And it was during Thanksgiving, and I kind of just lashed out at the guy. It wasn't cool, but it's what happened. And uh, that was one. And then there was one with an episode with Pepper McGowan, who's a woman who... (laughs) Put out a hit single or had this like 90s pop star fucking thing, radio play shit. And she was someone that I was talking to. I was like, hey, she knows about PTSD. Let's get her on the show, art therapy, blah, blah, blah. So I get her on the show. We do this episode. While we're recording the episode, her mom has dementia. And you can hear her in the background saying this crazy shit. And then uh, I was like, what the fuck was that? And she's like, oh, you know, it's Norman Bates. No, uh, you know, but that's really what... I'm fucking around, but, (laughs) you know, that's what it was. Uh, And so I was like, okay. And so it gets creepier. And at the end of it, you hear this crash coming through her living room. She's like, oh, shit, I got to go. And her mom screaming, there's someone in the living room. There's someone. And then it goes, dude. Yep. Okay. You told me about that one. <laughs> and what had happened was I talked to her, I texted her, she would never call me again. But 
she texted me before I, f I finished it, so I put the heading on there with Huckleberry Hound singing Clementine. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Because that's what happened was some guy broke into her house while we were recording the fucking episode. And he was fuck. I shit you not. He was fucking naked singing Clementine with an acoustic guitar. And the cops had already trailed him up, and they were just too late, just a little bit too late, and he had just broke through the fucking house and into the house. <laughs> okay, so this chick, her fucking brother killed himself or some shit or, you know, something. And she kept talking about it, and she was talking about hurting herself and how she had gotten out of it or whatever, to be fair. But it yeah. triggered me out, okay? And it was a combination of shit. It was too much, and so I triggered, and I was already going through this messy-ass breakup, so, dude, I was like, hey, I'm going to fucking kill myself on Halloween, and I did that. That fucking triggered her out. She ended up in the hospital. Her mom with dementia got on her phone and wrote all this fucking crazy-ass shit to me. I didn't save the text messages, but I did have to undergo this kind of surreal bullshit, and it's the truth of what happened. And, you know, I that, I was guilty on that one end. Of, uh, but, you know, I had talked to somebody else. I didn't know if it was you. But they were like, no, she made her own decisions as a grown-ass woman. You know, whatever. Oh, that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. But I think someone else had said it, too. And not to feel bad. And I had a couple people in my corner that, you know, they were like, that that was not your fault, dude. No. <laughs> but I did feel like it was my fault on some, you know, level or whatever, because that's just how my illness is. I feel like shit's my fault sometimes when it's really just, and I shouldn't even focus on it, but I will. And it's just how my illness oh, yeah. is, you know? And I've had to learn that through this year, recording a year of my life, y'all, and uh, getting it this far, you know? Um,. All right, so that brought us to from alien PTSD to the next one, which was about me having a dream about scamming the Casa Bonita and then waking up and scamming the Casa Bonita and then vandalizing the Casa Bonita and fucking getting drunk in the Casa Bonita and almost getting arrested in the Casa Bonita after smoking a joint in the Casa Bonita. So go back and listen to that. Como estefe la Casa Bonita 2020 shit slinger ready at it. That came out January 2nd, 2021. That leads into Sugar and Papa. You're not on that thing, and that's about me and my grandma, and we were psychic connected. And through, like, you know, what I believe is Seminole Native American tribe blood, because that's what I am. One part of it. Um, I had a, a Lost Files episode, which Lost Files was Pepper McGowan, One Nation Underground. If you remember, guys, go back and listen to the part, beginning of the show where I'm talking about my friend Art, who had a nervous breakdown. That's from now, that's fourth season. And I couldn't, I couldn't put that fucking episode out either, dude. And he lost, he went too dark. And I couldn't, and he, then he went MIA, and that, it was fucked up. Um, so, you know, did I trigger some motherfuckers out? Uh, yeah. It seems to be on some level. But, you know, 
also as a mechanism in the show and through my art, own brand of art therapy that I am developing, to be fair, I, I need to trigger you out. So I want to fucking figure out what the fuck's wrong with you. And then once you hear it and you feel it, you might have some reflexive kind of view on it. You know what I mean? That's all I can get out of it, you know. <laughs> it's just community service, dude. I lead the, I've led this life of underground hedonistic rock and roll lifestyle. You've had your own fucking hedonistic life on some level. Oh, goodness gracious, yeah. When you have ten grand in your pocket on leave in Germany, you do some stupid shit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, um, we're here we are, and now we're doing our community service thing. We've hit 100 episodes, guys. I'm glad you stuck with us. And, you know, this is a good episode to talk about everything we've done. Um, the pay-per-view Twilight Zone versus the Mandela Effect, you're on that episode. Josh mm -hmm. comes back. He talks about this. It didn't go the way I wanted it to. I wanted to talk more about the Mandela Effect, but, you know... It really just became more about the Twilight Zone and a, more of a, a retrospect on Twilight Zone, which is fine, because I love George Clayton Johnson, and he rest in peace, and the guy who, he's the guy who actually wrote the concept and became the concept, and then found Rod Serling and was like, hey, let's do this, you know. Um, member of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Uh, we really did explore the Mandela effect and possibly generated one out of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're coming down, man. Uh, let's see. January 6th, go hang a salami. I'm a lasagna hog. <laughs> Same forward as backwards, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Dana Kane, sci-fi uh, master of, uh, you know, opera, sci-fi opera master, fucking... See, I put the Wonder Woman uh, music at the end of the episode. And she was yeah, really delightful. You know, it was cool as fuck. Uh, you know, pretty cool. Um, the next episode is with our guy Stan Yan. And he does all the contracts. You're not on it. And it's just, if you want to ever hear and know about fucking contracts, boom. And you want it to be 38% more entertaining than the average contract manual guide. Go, go listen to that. Um, I did the episode Key West after that, and that was fun for me because I came back into the story, and that was one of the formats. Is it's either a story or it's a fucking you know show, you know, uh, with That's somebody. That's what I did a tail ender on, I think. Exactly. Uh, so then that aspect. <clears throat> Key West was a good one, and I got to tell the story about uh, Coral Castle and Robert the Doll, and then you gave a pretty cool-ass scientific, more manual breakdown on both of those uh, subjects. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that one. Key West was awesome. Um, you came up with the first concept show for yourself there with uh, Cryptid 411 with C2 which uh, came out January 18th, right after that, uh, where I did the, uh, hey, there's a fucking Sasquatch butt-fucking-my-trash-can outside. Little. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, one of my friends was rolling on the ground when I had that intro. <laughs> <laughs> 
pretty cool, man. Um, you know. <laughs> but it was a great episode, and I, it really got some attention. And it was one of definitely one of the more interesting uh, uh, shows that we did this season. Yeah, that was the thirty-seven and a half incident, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was. Yeah. Well, I think after you had we had uh, Dana Kane and Stan Yan, it was like, yeah, it's cool to get these, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, it does go to show that you know breaking it up into from uh, story journal, you don't, you just don't know which one you're gonna get. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know this order. It just comes in chaotic waves, y'all. So that's exactly how my life has come in. I've just kind of taken the past and documented some more flavorful shit along the way. Uh, Janine Belden didn't like the Castle Bonita story. She's like, ah, that's just vandalism. It has nothing to do with the show. And like, I was like, no, nah, it does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, people have different opinions about different shit, and it, it hasn't been all been favorable along the way. Some people are like, "All he does is bash people and shit." Like I, I was like, I don't necessarily hear that. So neither. I mean, we all have our moments, <clears throat> but once again, that's under the understanding. It's PTSD, so everybody can go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> but the lost files in that regard was an idea that I had had. I don't know what uh, if we do do it. They're going to be me apologizing to people that I lashed out at. I'll just be straight up. That's what this. It will, that's what it'll be. I'm just going to be like, "Hey, I'm sorry I did this." Uh, you know, PTSD. Here's C2 to say it in a way that I'm fucking stupid. And uh, you know, that's a Lost Files, and I was going to play the little X Files music. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> Um, and that was it. So, but we'll, we we may hit that a little bit later on. Our lives are definitely uh, after this hundredth episode. There will be this thing, this piece. I'll be back with uh, JD Rose, who actually is on the mortician episode. We're going to talk about here in a minute. But um, yeah, that was cool. And uh, she'll be back to, what, talk uh, certain episodes. I guess that's how it works. We'll see how it goes, you know? But it's the first time we've evolved and, like, hey, here's another person. So it's becoming kind of like a team, almost. Or there's, like, some, like, little team format thing going. I like that whole thing, you know? I like a team. And, uh, you know, I just think it's a lot more fun than just... Me fucking, you know, decaying your brain straight up. It just depends, you know, what the episode calls for. Yeah, it'd be nice to have some younger blood here and there. Some younger blood. Here, here. Um, you know, on January 24th, a 40 of Philly came out, uh, documenting my uh, life uh, for 40 days and 40 nights in Philadelphia. And uh, the first run I ever had there... And uh, being at a squat specifically that I opened, and a squat uh, called 5005. That was fun. Yeah, that was a pretty cool one. Um, You know, I was going to put out the one with my nephew again called the House on the Hill Super Coven Stoner Fuck Mix Re-Edit. I might still, might be part of these last three. 
I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on how tired I am. Um, yeah. And then uh, after that, January 28th, MD, GED 420 stories ever told. Uh, that's with me and Mike Diana on the Son of Sam day. And Son of Sam... Oh, shit. Hold on one second. And Son of Sam uh, basically uh, having the... Um, on starting on Elm Street, which I didn't know that. I didn't know that's where he was at. I didn't know he was on Elm Street, but I, I knew that uh I knew that um we were going to the cemetery. So we went to the cemetery and uh <clears throat> there was um these this guy walking his little dogs or whatever, you know, these little toy dogs. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a terrier and a fucking little whatever, you know. He's got an army of darkness with these little toy dogs. Um, he's walking by, and if you know the Son of Sam story, you know Son of Sam says that his dog Harvey fucking told him to go yep. kill in the name of Satan. So the little dog fucking gets away from his owner, and he comes running back at me and Mike Diana, and he's all like, rawr, 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 and his little bell ringing. Me and Mike and his buddy, we all three look back, and the little dog goes, hey, hey, I want to tell you guys something. And we went, huh? And, <laughs> and you know, it's, we couldn't even acknowledge what had just happened right at that moment. But then once we did, it took like about two and a half seconds, which is a long time. Uh, and then we were like, what? And, you know, the guy came back and got his dog. He's like, hey, you guys kind of gave us that look like, get away from my dog, you know? And, uh, you're the one with the talking dog. Fuck off. Yeah, you know, but it's, it was just the most stoner fucking thing. It was Mike uh, Diana's idea. Let's meet up at IHOP. We'll get breakfast, and then we'll go to the fucking graveyard in Yonkers for Son of Sam Day. And I was like, all right, that's what we're doing. And that fucking little dog came up and started talking to us. And I, I make the statement. I was like, hey, I can bullshit you and lie to you on an episode. I don't, but I could, and I'll be honest, and I'm a great fucking liar like that, but look, Mike Diana, he's not, he's not a liar. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just too zen, it's too much effort, <laughs> nothing personal, Mike. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think, you know, that's his character, you just nailed it, and, that, and you know, so if you do ever ask him about the talking dog on Son of Sam Day... He will, in fact, verify it, that it did happen. And I just think that that was like, hey, that's one of the most 420 fucking things I've ever heard in my life, dude. It's not even the whole story. You have to go back to hear the episode to hear the, even the beginning of that episode. And that, it doesn't start with Mike Diana. It starts with me. You remember Canyon Park in Boulder, right? Oh, God, yeah. Obviously, uh, you know... Smoking a bowl in Canyon Park, this guy comes up and he's like, Hey, and he's an older dude, and he's like, Hey, can I sit down with you, man, and smoke a bowl? He's like, I was like, Yeah, sure. And uh, he sits down and he says, I'm the guy who busted Son of Sam when I was a kid. And I was like, Huh? And he's like, Yeah, man. It was like in 1970s. And, um, you know, I was raised by pimps and hookers, and some girls were missing. 
in Brooklyn. So the guy was like, hey, just take the number off the back of the fucking, you know, car. And so uh, according to the news, the official statement was he got busted on by this cop over a parking ticket, basically. But what really happened was he gave it to the cop, the pimp did, you know, to keep the fucking circulation going. Uh, And was just like, hey, go get our girl, you know. So Sam Berkowitz got busted off of the hooker. Um, And he was the guy, I was smoking a bowl with the guy who popped him. Um, He took off. I never saw him again. Here it is, like, you know, all these years later, and I'm with Mike Diana, and that little dog thing happened. And that was kind of the connecting stoner story. And the format, which I was really proud of. Having uh, done that, you know. <laughs> 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 all right. Which brings us to... I got to hear all of them. Fuck, I don't even remember. Oh, Cartoonist You Should Fucking Know with Mike Diana, which I'm wrong about fucking just about 78% of the shit that I say on the show. few things are on purpose. There's actually real ignorance on that show. So please feel free to critique... Go back, listen to, get a chuckle out of it. All you nerds that fucking think you're better than me and whatever. Because you probably are better than me like that. Okay. The next one was the fucking first issue, first episode of Adam Air MDGD with my buddy Byron, who was a dude who R. Crumb flew from France to come fucking talk to me and him in New York City. And that's what that is about. It's a reissue. Um, you know, Voodoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, Grandma Getterfunk. Now, I'm going to let you talk about that. What did you think about that episode, C2? That was so entertaining because, you know, I got to think about all the magic and weirdness I got to grow up with in the backwoods of Tennessee in the past. And, you know, your mom was happy to hear somebody who knew different things and you could keep up with her. And Boy, that was sure fun. It was fun. I was waiting for her to ask, Adam, did you summon this person? <laughs> you know, um, she w- she is like that, but she's just like, you know, she likes you. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Um, Grandma Gutterpunk coming back. And I love the ending of that when the dogs blew up, and it's just right at the end of the show, so that, that worked out well and kind of comically. <laughs> That's how it seems. I've had that magic with her on every episode, and I hope it just continues to go in such a fashion. Um, okay, which brings us to I Loathe New York City episode part one, March 5th. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I did the reset one, and that one you're on. And then that one came out on March 7th, but I had actually recorded it on February 27th during that full moon, the the hunger moon. Yeah, there was a big lag on that one just because you had a lot of stuff to do. Um, But I did uh, get you on there, and uh, we discussed... uh, Chaos Ritual. What did you think about that overall episode? Um, yeah, I wasn't in it much, but I thought we touched on some pretty interesting concepts of the theater of the mind and how it applies to reality and how it could affect reality. Um, okay. Well, 
That's pretty much the uh, last episode you're on, huh? Um, or what? Maybe. I, I, I think oh, so. No, it's with JD. Oh, JD. Oh, we're on mortician. a mortician episode. Wait, hold on. I got to get the right file up, man. Oh. Which I can be part of that. And I do like the fact that he brought up that a lot of the conspiracy theories and groups, even if they have legitimate information, seem to be optimized and taken in a very strange direction. <laughs> like, uh, I think QAnon is a good example where there are things there that, like you said, you believe, but you aren't Q. But then all these people just get distracted, and at the end of the day, it pulls attention and effort away from legitimate pathways. C2. I need you to stop for a minute. Okay. Let's pretend and go back to the shadow part, and I'll just edit this part out, and I'll just remember this little time sequence, and I'm just going to get here, and I'll connect the bridge. So I'm going to ask you again and just tell me the shadow thing again. Is that cool? Because I fucked it up. Oh, okay. I just like, what? Did I say something? Like no, no, bad? no. It was, my, it was my fault, dude. It was my, okay. it was my okay. fault. I'm sorry, too, because it was good. So hold on. All right. Remember, we're like at 3530. Okay. So, hey, uh, about that. You, what about this? That brings us to the shadow episode. What do you like about that? You like that one? <laughs> Yeah, that was one I might have been involved in, so I did pre-briefing and research for uh, the show, and I was fascinated to find out not only was The Shadow a long-term newspaper, but its predecessors, The Rat and The East Side Other, which were both underground newspapers, um, were also in existence at that time. It was really fascinating uh, just to read all the different things and how it started. And uh, I forget that man's name. What was his name that we talked to? Uh, Chris Flash from the Lower East Side. Oh, yeah, like Chris Flash, you know, he brought up some such cool things. Like, you know, a lot of people discount conspiracy theories. And, you know, I'm not big on that. But he did point out that something like QAnon actually is a counter-op in a lot of ways because all these people get into some truthful information and then somebody else says yeah and now what about this and it's somebody and it's distracted them it's hurting them away from any facts and you have very many uh independently arrived views as q but different execution and ideation because you're not part of a group and you don't follow the bullshit trail that they take them down i mean you you sprinkle some honey among the bs and people eat it up and you're just kind of like you know you guys are eating bs without honey so I thought that was really neat that he pointed that out, the different op levels and how the disparagement of conspiracies in one aspect actually nullifies any good information that's in them. Yeah. So very interesting social engineering concept. I really didn't enjoy listening to that episode. I was disappointed I wasn't part of it, but you guys were Thank you, man. I thought that was a great episode, too, and definitely uh, that perspective of like you said you know it's not necessarily um popular but it is uh this thing that existed that been a part of my childhood you know that kind of yeah understanding about shit you know for so long you might as well just like hey you know just get this guy he's history <laughs> and that's what it became all right what's the next episode 
That's going to be the Mortician Diaries. The Mortician Diaries. With uh, our wonderful little beam of sunshine and not sarcastically said, J.D. Rose. Ooh. Hopefully she does get back on here on the show. I would like to hear that. Um, yeah, she was a remarkably uh, different guest than a lot we've had, and it was kind of refreshing. Not that the other guests were bad. <laughs> no, they, they weren't bad. No, but she was uh, very different. It was, actually, I really enjoyed that one. So we got to talk about all the different funerary aspects. I think there was great pacing for all three of us. It was pretty neat. It was cool. Slim I Evil Eye was awesome on there. Yeah, I caught up. I wasn't on that one, but I did catch up with that one. And uh, Yeah, I forgot his voice until I heard it again. And it's just like, that took me back like 25, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The old mortician. Mm-hmm. His voice hasn't changed so much. And it was kind of funny because I'm kind of remembering the arc. And little wavy punks that wanted to be badasses kind of mixed with Hunter S. Thompson a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was it. No big, bloody. Go on. No big. No big. Sorry. <laughs> Yelling at dogs over here, guys, trying to eat my fucking beer battered fish sticks. I'm like, hell no, Pitt. You ain't you ain't coming near this shit. And then I got a bottle of malt vinegar that I fucking hijacked from Long John Silver's. Nice. I missed that stuff. That I'm pouring over like fucking less than flattered, flattering um, uh, Vandy can fucking motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, that's what's that's what that's how it has to go down. Gotcha. It, and it is. It's going down. Let's <laughs> go down. It's lunchtime. All right. What's the next episode? God damn it. Therapy rats. Uh, Jenny and Eric Gonzalez. Um, Blitz. That was a cool episode. Um, I didn't really. Uh, it didn't like affect me one way or the other. I was happy to get it, and I was really stoked that it was like kind of one of the more evolved, professional-sounding um, episodes that I've ever had. Yeah, that was your old toy store, wasn't it? Nope, that's Rejects, which I'm working on right now, and it's not out yet. And then, sorry, oh, no, it's okay. Uh, Rejects LA is coming out from now, but by the time you hear this, it would have already been out. Kind of weird, but that's how Back to the Future works. Is that what I said I was going to say? <laughs> Something. 20 years ago, Doc? Uh, um, but I know where the lightning's going to hit. <laughs> 88 miles an hour, Marty. <laughs> Chris Lloyd. 88 miles an hour. <laughs> well, we're on the last one here, and that was the Warm Line episode. Very experimental. Decided to take it into this shift. It was kind of based off something that happened that I heard on uh, the Shadow episode when me and Chris Flash were having our little icebreaker. Which was a uh, prank calls. Oh. <laughs> and it was like right at the beginning. And we're talking about prank calls. And, um, man, this fish is good. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> we're talking about prank calls and, uh, 
his was like this welcome back Cotter thing. I was talking about doing this brutal collect prank phone call shit. And so I kind of got inspired because I had thought about it way back in the fall about doing the warm line episode, calling, getting the honest review from people that don't know they're being recorded. <laughs> and, uh, so you can have you out there in pod land could have the honest review about what they really think about the mental health system and the reality of it. And a lot of times these guys will go off the grid. Oh yeah, definitely. And they'll tell you what's going on for sure. So, uh, now I don't know if anybody even care about that shit, you know? Well, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do this for us, and hopefully people like what we do. I mean, if we did it for them, we'd be talking about pop music or some bullshit. Oh, my God. Lady Gaga Oreos. I did not know that was a thing, and I assume you're not joking. I am not fucking joking, dude. Well, then, yeah, I'm I'm just glad we do our thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yep. But I will eat a Lady Gaga Oreo, but I just heard it tasted like birthday icing. Okay, well, I mean, if you're that kind of person. uh... Illuminati (laughs) Illuminati Oreos dunked in milk? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's just surreal, but I'm not surprised. Me neither. A a long time ago in Germany, of all places, back in the 90s, they had pop-flavored Oreo kind of cookies there, and they actually had... The Oreo cookie with the cream filling, but it also tasted like Mountain Dew, and that was so weird. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I thought they were mint Oreos, and I was like, what, what, what? what? And I was like, oh, they're Mountain Dew. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> well, that is pretty cool. Uh, I only got two more episodes to fucking make from this point. Yep. And then we're doing this episode that we're doing right here, Marty McFly. Back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. All right, so uh, Rejects LA is coming out with Kim Jackson again, Michael Domingo, about my underground punk rock toy store. And uh, and then I got one with my buddy Elf, our buddy Elf. Oh, wow. Yeah, right on. And uh, he's going to do the Freedom Auto about the... The secession of uh, the junkyard that he, he'll say he was a part of, okay? That's how he's going to say it. Uh, and he yeah, was, he's definitely correct, okay? And he'll tell you the story about how it turned into this fucking odyssey uh, that led to live music and uh, grindcore. Uh, <laughs> it turned into a grindcore fucking music fucking venue, basically a junkyard. Uh, all that is coming up, and then hopefully episode ninety nine will be with Tim V Hill. And dude, I don't, I don't think you really know anything about Faust or anything about it, do you? Uh, no, I remember I asked you while back and you said comic. I've looked up and seen the covers and stuff. I really haven't done any. Don't worry about it. It's just for the Fouls fan. That's episode 99. And then you're listening to the 100th episode. Hey, 
We're going to take a fucking break for a minute. C2's got shit to take care of. I've got art I need to do that's not fucking part of recording all fucking year long. Doesn't mean we don't fucking love you. And it doesn't mean we're not going to come back and be these uh, motherfuckers that do this kind of shit for you and come out with more and better and cooler ideas with J.D. Rose hopefully joining us. Uh, Shit like that. And uh, exploring strange new fucking things and getting cooler and new newer motherfuckers on. And to everybody uh, I had a fallout with, hey, fucking sorry, okay? But uh, I'm going to wrap this up. This comes out to a fucking sweet episode. C2, thank you for being a part of this, especially in this, what I consider to be the most uh, evolved part of it in the fourth season. You know, with the crazier shit happening and the whole nine yards. You have to say it as you would. Evil odd. <laughs> yeah. The Evil Eye episode's going to come out. Uh, if it didn't come out instead of the fucking Tim V. So it's either Faust or Evil Eye's coming out before this, but we'll see. Right on, man. All right. Well, I love you guys. And thank you for being a part of a year of the first year of the virus. And all the guests... <laughs> All the shows and all the shit. C2, thank you. And uh, we'll we'll be back. And uh, I'm just going to be staying stone, motherfucker. Don't worry about it. Collecting up stories and other shit for you. And uh, doing some fucking cool-ass shit that I can come back and tell you about. We'll collect some shit up. Sound good? <laughs> Sounds great. Later, C2. See ya. All right. Hold on. A lot of shit happened to me this year, man. I mean, a lot of shit. I made some enemies. <sighs> Did I ever. Kind of got ripped off, was humiliated. What am I doing with it? I'm taking it, I'm making merit out of it. It's a lot of people that got a lot of shit to talk about me specifically. You guys are welcome to call this fucking show. You spineless fucking turd bag motherfuckers. 206-666-5847. I will have my PTSD specialist C2 back on when that moment comes. If that moment comes. I doubt anybody even... I'm, I'm not even a blip on most people's even radar, you know what I mean? I'm just somebody drifting in the fucking virus. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing. Because the people I'm getting to aren't really people I ever really knew to begin with. And it just goes back to that theory that time really is just energy. Out here at the mortuary. I'm doing bong hits, finishing up this 100th episode on this anniversary day of mine, and a year went by, a year of shit, from Philadelphia when the virus started, and Janine Belton got me out of it, and like she said, the sky was falling. (laughs) 
I wasn't handling it very well. I didn't really know what to expect. And I'm a spiritual cat and I believe in God. And I believe the Creator has PTSD. And we're friends because of it. And I look around me and I see all these motherfuckers talking this shit. Being shitty still. Crazy ass stories coming out. Things getting swept under the rug. You've been locked in so long, you don't even know what to do. First year of the virus AD. I recorded it. This is some time capsule shit. 100 episodes on the date. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what kind of shit you want to talk about me. I'm going to talk all the shit that I fucking want. Mm. One of my booty calls on Hangout. Sorry about that. Anyway, um... <laughs> Dude, the virus, what do I think about it? It doesn't matter what I think about it. I thought it would be more interesting to see people's reactions, how they're talking, how they're surviving, getting along. I got fucked over. A bunch of shit happened to me. Embarrassing shit, man. To where I wanted to hurt motherfuckers, and I still do. I still do, man. I guess that's what this did to me. But, you know, that's what the fucking therapy part is about us. I'm going to tell you how I feel. I know you fucking probably feel the same way. And if you can't talk about it, I can. I want to hurt motherfuckers. I don't care, man. You know, they, they, they're fucking shitty and they can get deep. But, <laughs> try to focus. And uh, I'll come back. I'll keep making these. I'll be back with JD Rose and uh, C2. And sometimes my mom will be a co host too. She already said. Grandma Gutter Punk. So I got a team going on. And just tune in. And we'll stick it together. Hell for leather. Like birds of a feather. We're sick together. Let's stick together. Like birds of a feather. Hell for leather. You've been listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Oh my god. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam AMD GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy.
You're listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Huh, you're listening to Adam MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Dude. You're listening to Adam Air MD, GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD, GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD, GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD, GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Aaron D. GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Aaron D. GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. The new Dodge Ford Ram. The new Dodge Ford Chevy Ram. A three-way collision on an Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Now with new APR financing. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. <laughs> Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Wait, hell. Please hold Adam Air MD GED. Please hold Adam Air MD. Please hold Adam Air MD G. Please hold Adam Air MD GED. Please hold. Oh, you little snowflakes. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. <coughs> Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. You're listening to Adam MD GED Underground. Cartoon Therapy
<laughs> You're listening to Adam AMD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Yeah, hold on. Hello? Hello? How do you answer this damn thing? Hello, Adam AMD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Hello? Wow. You're listening to Adam Aram DGD, Underground Cartoon Therapy.